Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right. How are we all? Very well, thank you. And your good self? Mm, I'm very well. It's uh, been a big week, another week of show. Yeah. Uh, one more week to go. But uh, we've sold out every single ticket and I've had people asking for more. I'm like, sorry, can't accommodate you, which is so rare and so wonderful. Should have booked earlier. And I was on a few calls for work this week and a couple, yeah, shouldn't have assumed we mm. wouldn't sell out. Um, and then a couple of people I work with have actually said, oh, yeah, I came and saw the show. It was really great. And I was like, oh, that's, that was really lovely of them. That's oh, nice. So, um, what's the yeah, connection yeah. there? Is it just, is it, is it, what's the connection with work? Oh, none. I, except that I just went. Absolutely around, none. Except that I went around telling everyone to come to the show. <laughs> well, yeah, but they, but you know, that one thing saying it is another thing people actually doing it. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm no, impressed no, by no. that because everyone goes, yeah, 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 I'll definitely do it, but you know. Yeah, and then no, it's the kind no, of thing so, you kind of don't get around to doing or whatever. But oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's no, really good. So yeah, I'm good. What nice. about you guys? What's news for us? Well, today <laughs> is our 27th anniversary, so um, oh, that's what? exciting. You must have been little babies, we such yes, babies when you yes. met. Oh, that's so cute. We met walking home from kindergarten. Where did you meet? No, we met on the altar. Um, <laughs> we did not. We met in, we met in what, maths E7 dog? places. Yeah. E17. E17, yeah. Walthamstone. No, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, is it? Did I get that right? Yeah. It is right. Yeah, 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 yeah. We used Jeez. to see the uh, the E seventeen boys driving around in their Beamers back in the day. <laughs> Goodness me! Do you remember that band? Do I? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Because the guy who was a lead singer was like a short blonde chap, wasn't he? And I think that he ended up sort of maybe whilst I was still over there, he was trying to come back in sort of like reality mode, you know, where they're just doing, crawling, grabbing onto anything for a little bit of notoriety and the hope that they may be able to resurrect something. Was that Brian, I think? I can't remember his name. Yes, that's it. Do you remember? Oh, I think you knew them, were they your neighbours? Well, we lived in East 17 together, right? So <laughs> they used to come over to the House well, of Love. It's going to really bug, bug me now. <laughs> Is that what the big, I was just about to Google what was their big song. That yeah, was, the House of oh, Love was oh, their was first yeah, one. And they had Deep, Deep Down, A Rest oh, Upon My oh. Chest. And they had a um a Christmas song. I don't know if it went to number one or not. Oh, my God, House of Love. I remember. But what, so what year? Uh, 1993. Oh, that was released in 1993. Oh, that was close. Darn it. Because I'm just trying to think. I must have been whilst I was at uni. Mm. Oh, God, that's too funny. Um, yeah, so. But were you guys actually there during that yeah, time? Yeah, I lived there and Stuart was on holiday and we met at a friend's house for dinner. In 95. Yes, so that's one thing that's special. We um, booked... We've just booked a holiday to go to Greece and Turkey. <gasps> um, so we're going there. Oh, that's not very we're special. We're flying there on Stuart's birthday, <laughs> actually. So um, that's 28th of May and then we'll go there for four weeks. So that's exciting. So there's a lot happening. I hope you've got good internet over I know. There. We should podcast from uh, the Greek islands. <laughs> On that the back of be... our friend's yacht. Oh, oh yeah. Schmidt and I will love that. Schmidt and I will yeah, love that. 
dialing yeah, from Perth. Well, well, <laughs> Imagine the time difference. Yeah, it's okay. We're only drinking at 3 a.m. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, that's been... Carl will be like, it's midnight. I can drink finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, no, there's been a lot going on with us, but um, there's a couple of uh, points. How about you, Shwani? What have you been doing? Oh, dear God, I, don't, I can't back up after that at all. Oh. Nothing. Oh, dear God, I wonder what I do with my time. I honestly can't remember. We, we've been doing a little bit of planning ourselves because obviously we've just come out of our um, well, hotel COVID, so all of yes. us are now back at work and school and whatever else. So we're just sort of looking slightly further ahead and not dissimilar, looking at finally, finally getting across to see my dad. So just, you know, booking some hotels and stuff to get across to Sydney and the mm-hmm. Gong because uh, it'll end up being two and a half years by the time I get to wow. see Dad. Isn't that wow. amazing seeing as though we live in the same country? But it'll be the mm. first time that we could make it work. So that's that was quite exciting. We started looking at the day. And likewise, we're also looking at some um, European travel a little bit later Yay. in the year. So, yeah, nothing to sort of get too excited about just yet. But it's nice finally to have something on the horizon Isn't when, it? you know, we've been <laughs> literally, yeah. you know, in – probably four or five suburbs for the last two plus years so yeah i've got some hope at last so that's good Mm. excellent yes good i suppose we should probably introduce ourselves oh yes we should do that um take it away (laughs) i'm schmitty i'm swanny and i'm clarky and together we are trial Trial by by wine Now, you're going to say something, Clarky, before I suggested we... Well, yeah, so I was looking today at um, our downloads and we've got a lot of people in Australia who listen to us, which is Mm -hmm. awesome, and thank you all very much for listening to us. Uh, We appreciate it and I hope it brings a laugh to your day. But um, over the last, over the course of this month, we've had some uh, people from the United States who are listening. And so so I just wanted to say a big hello to you all and uh, I hope you're well. And uh, do shoot us a message if you'd like to tell us a little bit about yourself, whether you know any of us or whether you just randomly found us on the internet. Um, but we also had two people from the UK, so a big hello to them as well. And we had someone from Russia. And so I would like to say hello to them <laughs> as well, because that one's a very random one. But again, I appreciate them listening to us. Thank you very much to that person from Russia who is listening. Indeed. And we have in the past had, we have had a listener or two from Romania, Monaco, France, India, Belgium, I think, India, yeah. yeah. So we, we sort of dipped our toe in the water internationally, but uh, keep it up and keep mm. sharing it. And I can tell yeah, you some we- of the band, some of the band have recently joined us um, from Kyneton and now listening oh, to the show as well. Would we call those our regional listeners? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, I think... I think our regional all- listeners, our international listeners. <laughs> Metro, Metro. Yes. <laughs> I think, um, as always, I'd be lovely to hear from people because um, you hear from us every week. We don't hear from you, but but do uh, do shoot us a message and tell us why you uh, like us or why you don't like us because, you know, we have those moments too. Trialbywine at gmail.com. <laughs> Clown passions 20. 20. That's right. 
right. So oh, what are you gosh. drinking? I feel like you may have started ahead oh, of us, Clarky. Well, <laughs> well, yes, we have because it is uh, our anniversary day. Um, yes, but true, we are having true, true. a we're having a secret village Viognier. Uh, from Indigo Vineyard 2017. It's got a lovely little label on it. I'm not sure if we told you, but last week we went to what's called a pickup party. Now, that will make you think of uh, all sorts of things that this was not. Put your keys in the bowl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Spin it around and away you go. Um, No, so because we're wine club members there, they have a party where you go and taste some back vintages and have a bit of food matching and whatnot, and then you pick up your membership instead of having to get it delivered. So it was really lovely. How about you? Lovely. I am drinking a rather nice Shiraz from the McLaren Vale, uh, which is by Ivy Byrne, and it's called First Minister. Ooh. It's very nice. That's very sophisticated for the pair of you. You're not on cruiser territory. No, no, no. And uh, Tony, who's sitting next to me, is drinking... Kiora. And it's Aldi's bog standard Sav Blanc, but the reserved version of it. Oh. And it's really oh. okay, yeah. What what happens with a non-reserve? You can just take it straight away. <laughs> yeah. Well, reserve kind of sounds like they've saved it for something special. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what about you, Swanee? Are you going sh- to shock oh, Do you want to take a wild guess? Are you guess? drinking a... Uh, Not today. Coke Zero? Well, it was either that or Diet Coke because I do like to stock them both. And I'm going to do my little um, influencer. Yes, today I'm Coca-Cola. having a Coca-Cola, no sugar, um, real Coke taste. Um, but I'm also backing it up with a chaser of still water. Calm so down. So there you go. It's always riveting at my house. You're I know. I'm trial by, I'm, I'm, I, I am the trial for you guys. I'm sorry about that. Trial but, um, by sober. Yes. No news there. Nothing. All exciting. right. So. Do you have a story for us today, Sawani? I do indeed. And um, it'll be very Yay. different territory so than where we've been. And I've done that very purposely. The living yes. God. Right. Phew. In having said that, it might be, oh. it, it might it might leave some loose ends. And uh, there's some things that I just can't account for, but I, I, I will go through the story mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but everywhere that I've read about it, it's, it's about, it's bizarre for everybody. So it's not like you're going to come out and go, oh, I totally understand what happened there. That's part of the mystery. That's part of the, you know, the okay. attraction of this story. So QX files. In terms music. of think, <laughs> absolutely. So in terms of things that sort of interest me, and everyone knows I've got a bit of a thing for pop culture and whatever else. <laughs> This is um, a story that starts in New York and the things that it sort of covers, you know, are totally my cup of tea. It sort of, it, it relates to a Manhattan hotspot, which was a restaurant, uh, which was a bit of a celebrity magnet. It features an it girl who ended up becoming a sort of a brand of her own. She was a very beautiful uh, blonde. It also features an Ivy League educated character or an author of some books and... Of course, my favourite thing, Rikers Island. So, you know, I've got a bit of a thing. Every time I hear Rikers, I'm like, oh. And I'm starting to get a real feel for Rikers. I've actually seen some aerial shots of it. And, of course, have you guys watched um, Inventing Anna on Netflix about Anna Delvey? Okay, well, I won't go into it too much. But 
she's in Rikers for most of the um, so it is a prison that show. Yeah, it's a prison. So they show yeah. it is, but it's it is really an island. So it's it was set off, I think, like Alcatraz. Yes yeah. and no. I think there is like a land, there's a road, that, like a bridge that goes across to it. But I suspect it was probably like um, a prison farm or something to start with, which was just just away from Manhattan. So it's not as far north as I'd envisaged. In my mind, I thought, figured Rikers was, you know, a fair distance away from New York okay. City per se, but it's not. It's actually like one of the boroughs, I think. So that surprised me. But it is... It has lots of different levels, as I understand it. So, you know, when you're watching it on Law and Order, there are ways at Rikers and you think, oh, my God, they're such serious <laughs> criminals. And then I think there are different tiers. And um, But when, it, when when this story involved Rikers, I was like, oh, there you go. I, I love a little bit of a Rikers reference. That would be like, um, what, blue-collar and uh, blue-collar criminals, white-collar criminals in the same place? Is that what you mean? I suspect it's everything. It feels like it's a bit of a holding bay for anything that goes on, you know, within... New York district I don't know what mm-hmm. you call that but or, and those boroughs I think to start with everybody kind of goes there before you're farmed out based on your actual sentence so that's why I think so many people do time at Rikers it's like before you you know if you do bail or mm-hmm. you've got bail that's where you are do they do so, homestays there Airbnb <laughs> they might I well like, I feel like the only thing you're missing with your infatuation is actually experience being there. So if they don't, maybe you should. I've got to be very careful, haven't I? Well, you, maybe you should start writing to prisoners there and asking them if they're happy to do a two-week house spot. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Like when we go to New York on a holiday next, it's like, what, what have you got planned tomorrow, Mom? I'm catching the bus out to Rikers. I want to just have a look. I want to do the tourist trip. Yeah, and you're like, it'll be a real holiday away from you, schmucks. Absolutely. Go down to the concierge. <laughs> I'm, um, do you do any tours or are you aware of any tours out to Rikers Island? <laughs> May I ask why? No. <laughs> anyway, so my sources are... Uh, Vanity Fair, The Cut, The Guardian, Wikipedia, wow. and probably most importantly, Netflix. So, oh, nice. I thought you were going to say Lad Bible. No, I haven't even looked at Lad Bible. I haven't had a chance because this is basically, to cut a long story short, there's been a documentary that's come out on this topic okay. in the last week or so. Right. So everything that you can read online, there's loads of, you know, articles, but they're really just regurgitating what you've seen on the um documentary and then there's stuff that comes before that so when when they're actually talking about the stuff as it was happening you know throughout the 2000s so yeah there's there's different sources but to be honest most of it is from the netflix show and it's called bad vegan (laughs) which doesn't sound terribly enthralling but anyway we'll get to that is a bad vegan just someone who eats meat a little bit more i thought it was (laughs) i didn't realize it had egg in it I thought it had vegan egg <laughs> yeah. in it. I'm sorry. No, you're Oops. a bad vegan. Those shoes are leather. Get out of here. That's right. So I think the biggest struggle for me with this whole story is going to be my consistency with being able to say this woman's name because, frankly, I struggle with Brilliant. the name Gary <laughs> and repeating that. In- <laughs> yes. John Wayne Gacy or this Ga- John Wayne fun. Gary. I, I mean, oh. God knows. Benajewski, 50 times. I know. So imagine what I'll be calling <laughs> this lady in the next, you know, a couple of hours. So I'd like to introduce you to um, our lead character, and her name is, and I kind of have to say it with a New York accent because then I know how I'm saying it pretty well. Sarma is her first name. Sarma, spelled S-A-R-M-A. Her surname is Mengelis. So Sarma Mangalis is her name, and that's the way they pronounce it, but it actually has a few more letters in it. 
And Sama was born in Latvia uh, in 1972. So she's probably about just turned 50. She's a year older than me. Sama and her family immigrated to the US where they lived in Massachusetts. And she went to high school there. I don't know, I can't find what year they immigrated, but she was at high school in Massachusetts where her mum was a professional chef and her father was a physicist at MIT. Um, and a lot of people know MIT as being probably one of the best universities in the world. So her dad was uh, at MIT, which is the uni that's in um, Goodwill Hunting, you know, so they, they, they yeah. specialise in that. So it's fair to say that, um, you know, her, her, her dad was a pretty switched on character and her mum, by all accounts, was, you know, earning well good money as well as a, a chef. And Sama herself was no dummy. So she graduated from the University of Pennsylvania. And this is something that I wasn't aware of. I thought, I've never really given a great deal of thought, but I thought Penn State was perhaps University of Pennsylvania. They're two totally different universities. And the University of Pennsylvania is actually the more exclusive one. And it's actually an Ivy League school. I didn't realise that. It's only one of eight Ivy League. So for her to have got into this university and to have graduated is no mean feat. She's absolutely no dummy. She graduated um, with a BS and a BA, and she did an economics degree with BS. in the Wharton Business School. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like I got a few Special assignments back science. with BS. On I double checked that. I double checked it. Don't you have? A, aren't you a BS? Well, no, over here it's a BSc. So. Yeah, yeah. That's I did go and check that because I thought, is that what they call science? And it, and it is. So she actually has a Bachelor of Science and a Bachelor of Arts. A Arts. degree in BS. But she went to, and you'll have heard of it before, is the Wharton Business School, which is part of the University of Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. So she's a graduate of that as well. So she did her time at uni and she was at a you know incredibly exclusive one and came out and headed off to New York City. And when she got there, she initially worked for a company called Bear Stearns. She stayed there for a while, then she moved to Boston and worked for Bain Capital. And then she moved back again to New York and worked for an investment fund. And it was while she was there that, I mean, I could imagine she was earning pretty good money and there's lots of people of that time. So she's the same age as us, or the same age as me roughly. So in the late 90s, she was probably a really upwardly mobile young lady, access to her money, and she was a really good sort. But she said, you know, one day somebody said to her, you know, what what are you doing? You know, what, what do you really like? And she said, you know, why don't you do something? And she said, what do you mean? I didn't think any of you liked what we did. I just thought that we we're all just doing it for money. And some people said, well, no, I actually quite like it. What, what's, what are you passionate about? And it was at that point that she realised that it was probably food. And she would have had some coin. She would have, having done her. these kind of jobs. So she thought, okay, I'm out. So she didn't need to go and work. So she um, enrolled at the French Culinary Institute in New York. And Can she I just studied go there. go back to grad- that bit about... Yes. Um, about um, who likes it we've all had yes. that job right where you go god I'm totally only doing this for the money <laughs> and I love that realization where other people have gone no no I actually really enjoy this my problem with that, that is just makes you I've want to that, leave straight away I've had that conversation with so many people but the difference is the people who worked in finance when we were that age they were still earning they were earning great money People who are working in advertising and marketing, you know, there was a kind of a cap on what we could earn. And I would say, generally speaking, I probably enjoyed my jobs more, jobs, sorry, jobs, whatever, um, more than some of my friends who worked in finance. But they have more to show for it because they were able to do stuff with that income early on. Um, So I I, I do think there's that sort of, I wouldn't have known that at the time and I wouldn't have cared and no one could have told me otherwise. 
did they have as many japes in the office? You know, uh, I'm confident the answer is no. Raspberries down their top, put their raspberries down the top, and ask the facilities manager why the air conditioning has to be so cold. <laughs> When I started dating my husband, who at the time worked in finance, he could not believe the hilarity that was a daily occurrence at our office. Shapes. And he would say, and he still likes to tell people, oh, get Carla to tell you about when she worked here. Get Carla to tell you about when she worked there. And then he will quote, like you just did the raspberry story. But he will say something that I've forgotten about, but it stuck with him. The raspberry story mm. is a classic. I had forgotten about and that. And we were all, all walking behind you, giving oh. away. You can't, I can't, you can't name, talk say about it. Say, Gary. Hey, Gary. She had, you know raspberries, the jellies? Yeah. She put them in on, under it's her top so they looked like her nipples yeah. were basically, you know, standing out on end. <laughs> she walked up to and she's got big nooks anyway. And she walks up to the facility's going, it's a bit of a lynch, and she's like, hey, Gary, why is this so cold in here? Like, oh, I yeah. love it. Yeah, that is great. It's probably fair to say I earned the money I deserved. But, you know, I just, I think for throughout my entire <laughs> career there was a lot of moments like that wherever I was. But, yeah, so our friend Sama makes uh, a change and off she goes to French, the French Culinary Institute. Uh, and it was probably there or around that time, shortly thereafter, that she met a very up, oh, I don't know who's up and coming. It was probably already sort of somewhat Gabriel known Gatto. by called Matthew. Please don't. <laughs> Hello. Uh, no, who's the egg guy? Who's the guy who used to do the egg ad in Australia? Peter Russell the, Clark. Peter Russell Clark. You know, <laughs> that's because she met Peter Russell Clark. Where's the or cheese? Or yeah, yeah. Where's G'day, Russell. G'day, Clark. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Um, sausage fingers. Anyway, so she, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. My father has sausage fingers. My dad has the really? biggest hands of anyone you've ever met, and he has fingers that are so thick and broad that he he worked in steel, and at one point one finger was crushed, but it actually split like a burnt sausage, so they actually were able to just pull it and oh, sew God. it together like a fun oh. burnt sausage. You know what Feels over. Yep. Like a Frankfurt. Yeah. Oh. But but think of a big sausage. Don't think of big, a yeah, don't think, bratwurst. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, on that Frenzy. note, and we're supposed to be about vegans, that will probably turn everybody's stomach. So she meets um a gentleman called Matthew Kenny, and Matthew Kenny has a bit of a profile already in New York. He's a chef. And together they open a restaurant called the Commissary in two thousand and one. <gasps> and it's quite the, commis- the place, I think. Like the commiss, like is in a commiseration. No, is in a commissary. Oh yes, that's it. Commissary, commissary. That's it. Yeah, yeah, right. Sorry, that's where we used to have our breakfast at Foxtel. Yes, commissary. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly not the same place, but yeah. They have a lovely relationship, and they're a very good-looking sort of young couple, and they are, you know, darlings of the New York restaurant scene, and people are noticing them. And, you know, they're just sort of going from strength to strength. And it's sort of at about this time that they start to speak to a gentleman called Jeffrey. And, again, another really tricky surname, not because it's it's Jeffrey Chadro. (laughs) Chadro. But um, he's basically an investor in restaurants. And it turns out. Yeah, Chode. We'll just call him Chode. And there's lots of restaurants that you've probably been to. Like when I really started to have a look, he had um, there was a group of restaurants called Asia to Cuba. There was one like in the Sanderson, I think, in London. There were lots of different restaurants. He did some stuff with the Lander cast. So he was the real deal. And he basically said, look, you know, I think you guys are fabulous. 
this thing that you've got, you're starting to talk about this raw food and veganism. Tell me more about it. Let's 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 see what can be done. And so they closed the commiss, I can't even say the word, in 2003. And in consultation with Jeffrey Chadro, they end up launching their own restaurant. And that restaurant is called, doesn't sound very exciting, but Pure Food and Wine. And it was a revelation. Well, it was I like the, the first... last bit. <laughs> Pure Food and Wine. And it was New York's first upscale raw food restaurant. Now, go over. This is in two thousand and two thousand three. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you know, now yeah. it's a really common thing for people to Big talk thing, about, or yeah, it's incorporated yeah, yeah. in other menus. Yeah. This was really cutting edge, and certainly on an international stage, even people were really looking to see what was being done there. And it was sold out constantly. I mean, booked out constantly, and a real celebrity magnet. So where it was, it was in um, New York, not far from Gramercy Park. So the neighbourhood's called Gramercy. And having been fortunate enough to stay nearby, it's quite a sophisticated neighbourhood with lots of sort of actors and artists and writers, quite, a, I would call like a clever neighbourhood, you know what I mean? People who are looking for new things and happy to try new things, but also have enough disposable income to probably go to a restaurant like this and give it a shot. Mm. So And eat raw food. Correct. Um, which, of course, you know. Please give me $100 and have some raw broccoli. Excellent. Anyway. Not wrong. <laughs> It's interesting because when you look at a lot of the food, it looks exactly the same as the kind of stuff that is now served in... Quite common. Yeah, but I, I suspect yeah. at the time it would have been, you would have been like, oh. And there's this one she, dish she, that she was famous for, yeah, which was amazing. this sort of like raw lasagna, which sounds horrendous, but Gross. people would go Can't there especially it? for it. <laughs> well, this is what I don't That's know. That's what I would have thought raw meant back then. Like it, Back then it did. Now it means something slightly world. different. Now doesn't it mean that it hasn't yeah. been tampered with or it's totally organic and like that's what I can't quite work out exactly what that stood for at that time um yeah but I mean there's no doubt that it would probably have been organic amongst a million other things but it was just the idea of presenting a very you know upmarket sophisticated dining experience it wasn't just you know his broccoli it was you know you can see it's very intricate sort of looks like Michelin star kind of food so they've opened up um Pure Food and Wine, and it is going gangbusters. And in terms of who is sort of going there, I've been able to find pictures of sort of like Owen Wilson and um, Woody Harrelson. Uh, do the gals from Sex in the City go there? Do you know what? I don't know that they About did, the right time. but I did find a picture of, God, I'm going to get his name Sarah wrong. Sarah Jessica Parker? What was the guy who was with um, Smith? North? No. Who was the guy who was with Samantha? Oh, the young yeah. guy. Oh, I think his name's Jason Lewis in real life. I found a photograph yeah. of him there with Matthew Kenny and Sarma um, ah. and Woody Harrison. They're, in the, they're the four in the photo. And I'm like looking at who right. they are. Um, you know, and it looks really dated. Everyone's got, you know, like blonde tips in their hair. And like it's really of the time. But it, if if I had to sort of try and encapsulate what I imagine it would be like, it would be like watching probably one of the earlier episodes of Sex and the City. You know, yeah. everybody yeah, kind of like. When they're dying to get into this hot new restaurant where it's all you know, small fish that are uncooked or, you know, whatever. Yes. We, whatever the weird, weirdest fad was. Mm. So um, during the time uh, they, they, Sama and Matthew, ended up um, collaborating on uh, some books. So she actually launched a book in 2005 which was called Raw Food, Raw World, Real World, and 
They raw very... food, real world. <laughs> yeah, raw food, raw food, real world. That's, rem- that's remarkable. And um, they very much use... Is that, is that the crime we're discussing today? <laughs> the title of that, yes, the title of the book. <laughs> Three oh, years. Um, and they really used Sama as the pinup girl. And it was all about mm-hmm. get your glow, you know, the reason she looks so beautiful and she is so leaf and so, you know, dynamic and such a good person is because she's vegan and she eats this fabulous food and she creates it. So she was really much, really the, the brand. And the brand, she was the yeah, total embodiment yeah. of it. And when you look at photos of her in those early days, um, she was gorgeous, this little blonde thing. A bit like Pete Evans? <laughs> Well, I wasn't here for the, the, the peak Pete Evans years, if I was. I've only arrived for the Pete Evans years, right. you know, the sort scandals. of the post-apocalyptic, yes, yes, yeah. where he's a bit, bit cray-cray. And I have to sort of look back and go, why was what happened? Why was he so popular? But I was aware of him when we lived overseas because I think at one point someone in my family was quite into him, although they don't seem to mention that anymore. Well, he was popular and then, then, he, then he went down this whole paleo and don't anything and didn't he become a fascist? As well, Pete Evans. As he's gone right off. He's gone right oh, off. Just became in, a in some people's view. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's a weirdo. He's, he's yeah. been talking about you know false oh, things yeah, around COVID right now. So when he was talking about paleo, right. that was all a rage yeah. over here, and that was all going down really well. And then he's just been on a slippery slope ever since. Anyway, back to the story. Sama having released a book in 2005, so that was Raw Food, Real World, and she also did another one in 2009 which was called Living Raw Food. And the restaurant was an absolute hotspot. It was um, listed in the top 100 restaurants in New York oh, and five years in a row it was in Forbes magazine's list of all-star New York eateries. <laughs> On the success of Pure Food and Wine, the restaurant, they also opened a juice and takeaway bar, which basically sold the same food, which was a couple of uh, streets away. And it was called One Lucky Duck, One Lucky Duck Juice and Takeaway. And they also went as far as doing a oneluckyduck.com where they had like an online presence where they sold some prepackaged pure food, wine, ingredients, supplements, and no doubt um, Sama's books. So I don't like duck was, juice. You know, a uh, me neither. <laughs> that escalated quickly. Uh, gross. I'm impressed that a juice bar sells wine, though. That's so, great. In 2009, Sama believed that Kenny gave inadequate attention to the financial side of the operation. So I think it's fair to say that their romance might be over as well. And then the backer, who was Jeffrey Chodro, he um, turns out, and I didn't know this, I actually found this out myself, he was really taken with Sama, and I think everybody was, to be honest. But he was also very impressed by her business acumen, having gone to Wharton and the fact that she'd worked in finance. And it turns out he'd actually gone to Wharton as well. Right. And so he expels Kenny from the business and or for the operation, I guess for a better word, and then he lends Sama $2.1 million so that she can buy the business outright. What? Wow. And off they go. So, And that's the last you sort of hear of Matthew Kenny. And I've looked him up and he's a very successful uh vegan raw chef still he's got um restaurants all around the u.s and then there's sort of no reference to him again he just gets really a chef before you do is cut things up and and chuck him on a plate (laughs) that just makes you a chopper opera um but no no so i'm wondering what were the terms of the loan do we know for two no we don't all i I, was just said that she could have it 
that she would pay yeah. it back. Beyond that, I don't know. And I do know that at times she was able to give money back against that, uh, but it certainly wasn't something that she had access to outright. And she was in she was in quite what would I call it? I think from everything that I've heard, running a restaurant is a very stressful and Time very expensive job. undertaking, and a lot of yeah. people fail. So although it's on one side, I'm saying her business was a success and she had an incredibly loyal staff. They adored her. They used to call her Sorama Mama because she was such a motherly figure. And she, by all accounts, she was just the most gorgeous woman, beautiful boss. Everybody worked there for like 10 years. Like it was just this real, they had a vision and are the first people who were doing it. And people were really behind her and wanted her to succeed. And, you know, I think she worked incredibly hard and it was just a real moment where it was, something was happening and it was like a, you know, a movement. The people who worked for her were totally behind that idea. And at the time it, it was, you know, a little centre, a little, little universe. People were coming there, celebrities were coming there. And I did read that lots of gentlemen had a crush on Sama. And one of those gentlemen happened to be none other than Alec Baldwin. <sighs> and Alec Baldwin sort of lived in the neighbourhood. Mm-hmm. And he I'd really... I'd be right with that. He really fancied Sama and I don't think that she really felt the same way about him, but they did have this sort of like, I don't know if relationship's quite the right word, but they communicated outside work. They emailed, they had phone calls, and I guess they had a friendship that he wanted more and uh, it didn't really go any further. And at one point she said to him, do you know what? I think you need a dog. And she went online to find him a rescue dog and instead of finding one for um, Alec, she found a photograph of a dog that she instantly had a connection with and she ended up adopting this dog, which was a pit bull. She's totally in love with this gorgeous dog and she calls him Leon and Leon becomes her, like, best friend. Like, she's totally enamoured with this dog. And dear old Alec Baldwin, this is incredible, right? He goes on to meet the woman who will become his wife, Hilaria, who's the woman who in the last couple of years has had about 10 children to him. He meets her in Pure Food and Wine. Can you take anyone serious named Hilaria? No, you don't have to take her seriously, that's for sure. Hi, this is my wife, Hilaria. <laughs> <laughs> so I can, I've actually, there's actually a, an Instagram post or something where he's celebrating his anniversary and he says underneath, because you know, this is, um, you know, the woman I met nine years ago tonight at Pure Food and Wine on a beautiful summer evening. I was outside and she was at the table next door and that's who it is. So although he didn't end up with Sama, he ended up with Hilaria, who he met at Pure Food and Wine. So at this point, we have this sort of point where Matthew Kenny's gone. Chaudry's given her the money to pay for uh, Pure Food and Wine. Her staff are incredibly happy. She's got the juice bar. She's working all the time. And the reality is that she's actually very lonely and when she goes home, her her whole focus is Leon. It's all about Leon and there's, you know, hundreds of photographs of just her and this dog and she just looks kind of sad really, a bit lonely, mm. not really that happy. What year are we in now? We're probably in around 2010, anywhere from 2009, 10 into okay. 11, um, where it's just, you know, business as yep. usual and the restaurant's doing well. Um she is still has a massive profile in New York. I wonder how Leon's feeling. Leon's pretty happy, I think, as a rescue dog. Anyway, so yeah, right. it's around about this point that we find out <gasps> that um, 
Sama, Sama sees that there's a man who's interacting online with Alec Baldwin. So when Alec Baldwin, when Alec Baldwin is tweeting and putting messages out there, there's a guy called Shane Fox who's quite often commenting and you know, you know, witty repartee and quirk, you know, quirky little comments coming back, and quite often Alec will you know respond to him as well. So she sees that there's a connection there. You know, she knows Alec or whatever. So she ends up talking to this guy who's actually not in New York. I think he might have been in Boston. Anyway, so over the coming months they start up a online sort of relationship, for the want of a better word, talking and, um, you know, just communicating. And That's odd. Yeah, it's a bit – I think it's one of those things – is that normal in any Well, way? if you look at anything like catfish, it certainly yeah, is. Exactly. But it, it's this Lots thing where you don't realise people's public persona versus That's their right. private kind of, I think she was just a bit miserable, Lonely, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. She had the dog and that was about it. And I think that hmm. the reality of running a restaurant was so It's like a 23.5-hour day. Like it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's a whole life. And yeah. there was a lot of financial Hang on, but have you ever – have you – have you ever seen someone comment on um, a friend of yours post <laughs> and then oh. gone, I'm going to reach out to them and we're going to have a online relationship? No, I have not. I think that's quite comical, that's as you normal, say. But um, I'm sure lots of people do meet that way in some that's... respects. You know, it's like, oh, well, they know that person. So there's that degree of, God. you know, um, connection or comfort yeah. that you think, you know, well, they know they can't be a bad they person. They them. Uh, I met on, we met on Alec Baldwin's page. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> God. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, it seems odd to me. Yeah, it's a, but good for her. I'm glad she's I'm found sure someone. There's a lot, Is that there's the a lot more odd where that came from. No, that's not the crime. Oh. That's just how she met Shane Fox. And they used to call each other Mr. and Mrs. Fox. And they just, you know, they started to get on very... Very nicely, and then it was some months, like quite a few months later, before he actually they met in person. He came to New York. They called each other Mister and Mrs. Fox. Yes. Before they yes. even met, he you started calling her Mrs. Fox, and that's oh, this is a little bit Kai Fortune, <laughs> it's a isn't bit it? Kai Fortune. There's a little bit of Kai Fortune there. Did they get engaged as well? Oh yes. Uh, no, I don't know if they did. I don't. I don't actually did know they that they, they got. I don't know if they got engaged actually. Yeah. Do they watch movies with one of them blindfolded? Is there a strap-on coming? <laughs> with a little bit of purchase from the knee? No. Oh. <laughs> okay, we haven't guessed the, the crime still. Whew, this is a tough one. Yes, so they Well, start... I feel like there's a catfish thing here. But anyway, keep going. Kind of, yeah. So it's difficult and a lot of people have an issue with this, that you've got this woman who is clearly a successful businesswoman, well, incredibly well-educated, beautiful, um, desired by, you know, like probably some of the most incredible. Real people. Men, yeah, real men in real life. And for some reason she hasn't been able to either do anything with that or be interested in it. And she's just feeling very disengaged and lonely and she starts strikes up this sort of relationship with this man that she feels comfortable with online. Oh, I understand it. You know, I probably would say I had the same experience in my 30s. <laughs> You know, about being extremely successful and so desirable and, and yet not being able to meet someone, you know, who who I, I could connect with. If only I'd understood Facebook then. Anyway. It's quite I easy. I could have been stalking Alec Baldwin's You friends. could have been doing, yeah, exactly. 
Um, so he, they, you know, they're talking. Obviously, he knows who she is. She's got a, you know, obviously a, a profile online. You can go back and find like she was in, you know, New York Post because, you know, she was mm. a celebrity. Sort of a celebrity, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Does he have one though? Does he have what? Sorry. Mr. Fox, does he have a, a profile? profile uh, he's got photos that he sent her and whatever else. And, comments. and um, when they first meet, when he comes to New York, no. she says, oh, he didn't quite look like he did in his photograph. Like his photos? First, and <gasps> chuck him, red flag, oh. be gone. But, but a lot of that's got yeah, to do yeah. with, Damn. apparently a lot of it's got to do with what he does for his line of work. And oh, it turns drugs. out. Eating chips <laughs> on the couch. Well, let's be clear from the outset, he's, he's a not screw. a vegan and he's never said that he was a vegan. But he's he's a little bit heavier than even she was anticipating. Um but he says it's sort of for part of his quality control for the job. Kids. But he can't really go into too much detail about his job to start with. And then over the months he sort of starts to suggest that, you know, he's he's I think you're on a twitch media. He's working in something that he can't talk to her about. It's sort of really important but it's dangerous and sure enough it, it comes yeah, out i'm wearing a fat and that's costume why you get fat. and that's why it, it doesn't show up in my photos the reason he's you know not quite the way he looked in the photos is because he's actually doing black ops now i had to google black ops so i got the right definition oh, i was, I was close sake here we go a black operation is he a black doctor ops, no, no. Black ops. and I don't think colour is should a, in that context. So no, it's, in, it's under it's in the dark. Correct. It's dark. It's a covert it's or clandestine covert. operation yeah. Yeah. by a government agency, a military unit, or a paramilitary organisation. I've seen Alias. Exactly. I know exactly how. And this what all is works. key is that it is secret and is not attributable to the organisation carrying it out. So he starts this narrative with. Why are you fat then? <laughs> Well, it's not so much that. It's just exactly. that, you know, he's travelling for work all the time. Yeah, but and black he ops need... operators, I think, no. have to be fit. If you've got to run down another spy and have a punch yeah. up, you're, you're, really, you're, you're getting, little, you're getting a bit ahead of yourself. He, he has sorry, a reason for it. Don't worry. Oh, right, okay. And, um, you know, she doesn't oh. want to get too... He's the fat kid who does the computer he's not work. Fat. Yeah, he's in the back of the truck. A little heavier. It's not how you told Carla. I didn't say that. He's just, yeah, at this well, stage. He's just a little heavier. It's not, not what fat. I. Heard. He's just morbidly <laughs> obese. <laughs> Are we taking too much license? A little on your bit. Story? Yes. That, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he might put on a bit of weight later. But at this point, he's just Orca fat. A bit bigger than what he, what she thought he would be. <laughs> and she sort of thinks, oh well, you know, it is what it is. You know, he's he's a lovely guy, and you know, we've got a great connection. So that's I can sort of turn a blind eye to that, which is very admirable, I think. He, he keeps alluding to this sort of thing where he, what he does for work means that if she's involved with him, that she will need a level of protection as well. So he starts sort of, starts laying down the foundations of his sort of like, you know, black ops. And she said when he came to New York that first time she saw like on his screen, um, I don't know, is his screen saver? I'm not sure, you know, where it's just when your computer's doing nothing. She said that it had an emblem that looked like the CIA or something. So she couldn't tell what it was, but it was clearly a government agency kind of thing. So he never was able to tell her who he worked for, but the understanding at that time was that it was important and it was very dangerous and it had him sort of travelling all around the world. And um, 
That that rings alarm bells for me because all the shows I've seen where someone actually does work in Black Ops, Black Ops they don't say, I can't tell you what I do. They have a different job that they do. So like I know, they right? I'm already calling him out as bullshit. So I don't think it took a terribly long amount of time for this sort of to be taken as fact by Osama. And what's happening is he's sort of, he's coming into New York and then he's leaving again. He's coming into, so he's never in New York all the time initially because he's off doing black ops. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So he's got to travel and he goes quiet for a period of time then he'll right. come back. Um, so she thinks, well, you know, that's obviously what's happening. And when then, I first met Tony, I thought he was a spy because he travelled a lot for business and had an Aston Martin. So I thought, well, must there you be go. A spy. Yeah. I've always maintained oh, that my friend Brad's a spy. That makes perfect Brad's sense. Brad's passport would suggest he was a spy all those years ago because he just used to go to the most bizarre countries to do the most, <laughs> oh, I'm off to the Czech Republic to work on an airline. What? Oh, I'm off to, you know, Finland to work on a on a shoe brand, like things that you wouldn't necessarily associate with those countries. But anyway, spy. that's just a bit of a spy. Definitely. Yes. Mm. When he when Shane Fox met um Sama. I mean, even that's dodgy, Shane Fox. That's not his Correct. <laughs> Correct. That's what he's real. And that and what I love about that <laughs> I got you something kind of, right. You kind of jumped ahead a couple of months, but it comes out that that's not his real name. Because at one point I think he it sends Sama an email from an email address of Anthony um Anthony Strange. Albanese. Anthony Strange is his name. Anthony Strange. Anthony Strange. Anthony Strange. The reality is funnier than the joke. This is the problem with this whole story. It's ridiculous. So she finds out that that's his name and she's like, oh, well, you know, I guess that happens. People have other names. They go, okay. That's his Black Ops alias, Shane Fox, Anthony Strange. Honestly, what she allowed herself to believe early on especially is just Stick to Leon, honey. So I'm going to start calling Shane Fox Anthony Strangest from now on because after that he does go by the name Anthony Strangest, which is his actual name, okay? Okay. So we've got Sorama Mangalis and Anthony Strangest. That's all right. I'll call him Gary, so don't worry. When I was talking about Gary, that's what I'm thinking of. (laughs) (laughs) that's what you mean so over time strangers who first met Mengelis under the twitter pseudonym shane fox convinced her that he was a special ops officer constantly under surveillance that she would provide him access sorry that she should provide him access to her digital accounts for her own safety and so what he does is this this is freaky he introduces her online to a gentleman called Will and Will is his IT slash security person and Will is <laughs> Will is going to oversee the security for Sama because she is the partner of Anthony Strangers. So she starts liaising directly with Will and, you know, sometimes with Anthony as well. He is incredibly knowledgeable and he knows everything about, he knows more about what's going on with He's Anthony, the guy. he it's he's, like it's like he's the black ops guy in the van. He's the guy who, if you were in a Bond movie, yeah. he's the one who he knows a little bit. Like he's helping, you know, him out in the field. So he would send messages to Sama saying, or she'd be like, "Well, where is he?" I, you know, and I would contact him, and he'd be like, "He's doing something really important." If he's not in touch with you, but then he would start to say stuff like, "It went." Did they meet in person? Yeah. Did Sama? Oh no, I don't think they did. It was all online. 
that was all online. But he was... And so is it like, what was that other one that you did where there were the people... Yes. The stone in the front yard with the name <laughs> the written pebble. on it. Social is media it... murders. Aggressive, yeah. that aggressive it's, it's... pebble. Yeah, yeah. Janelle really was Janelle, too pretty. Janelle, yeah, too hot, too pretty. I'm just too Janelle pretty. was yeah. pretty, too pretty. It's not pretty. dissimilar yeah. to that. So what... So Anthony Stranges and his, you know, associate Will are basically the people that um, Sam is dealing with. So she'll go directly to... Anthony Strangers, but then he says, right, for your protection, Will will take care of you. Will needs access to everything. And she gives Will all her passwords, everything, to all the bank accounts, everything, so that oh. she can be protected because of the, the Black black Ops um, connection. And because he keeps disappearing and he's off on flights here and everywhere, she thinks that that's legit and that's where he really is. So that's where it sort of wow. starts. That's amazing. She's obviously quite wealthy and she's happy to hand all of that over. Well, this is what's interesting. I don't know that she is wealthy and this is where it's very different. She has access to she money that is not necessarily money. hers. So she's got the $2.1 million loan. She's yeah. got that. She's got the money that's going through the restaurant. But does she have a lot of her own money? Not necessarily. I think it's not, you know, she's not struggling, I don't think. I think she leads a nice life. But it's not that she's sitting on money. It's actually a, a, an ordeal, right. if I've understood it correctly, to run the restaurant, to keep it profitable, to keep them, you know, being able to pay staff, to have the, um, the calibre of food they need. Yeah. It's an extensive undertaking. And I don't think that it was ever like a situation where she was rolling in money at all. I think it was quite different. But she certainly she's, had access to money and investors and, gotcha. you know, for she's somebody. She's quite a good target. Out. She's Correct. a good target because she's working herself. She's exhausted probably and she's quite happy to suspend disbelief because she's lonely and he's not around all the time so it's not like annoying her so she can still do the restaurant and whatever. Oh, and as you say, she's got access to people. Yeah. Didn't she pick him though? Uh, yeah, not necessarily. Like, I mean, I think it was. From Alec Baldwin. I don't know if it was that. I think there was. he probably had spoken to her first but she was, yeah, I don't think it was her seeking him out gotcha. i just think okay. it was that just sort of yeah that has okay. one in common but this yeah. is where things sort of start to take a more bizarre turn and he starts to suggest to her that he's not actually human <laughs> this is strangers <laughs> yep this is yeah. what is, is he an android now so what he says is it's all this sort of like alluding to stuff all the time and he calls her TBH, which stands for Tiny Blonde Human. And he calls her that because he's starting to suggest that he's more than. He's not a human. He has got to some other sort of state. And that. And this is very, very confusing. And it's very hard to sort of, for me to give you a definitive answer. But over time, he starts to introduce this concept of this being this like family or this entity that he's part of that really is nothing to do with the military or black ops it's actually way more mystical and it's the way it's been described and by described by sama after the fact is he watched loads and loads of movies and <laughs> as opposed to the red flag Just flying the big red flag <laughs> <laughs> like what the oh. fuck mate oh, more than human oh, God. it's part of an entity that's why he's orca yeah. fat. 
because he's part of this bigger thing. No, that, no, that comes into it. That is another, there's a reason oh, for that. God I'll get on to right. So he starts introducing this as this sort of concept of sort of saying, I'm with you and Leon, the dog, the three of us, uh, we've, there's been, you know, thousands of years that we've been heading towards being together and this is going to be a series, a, a, a time where we're going to have tests and we're going to be, people are going to be looking at us and assessing whether or not we're have, ready to go to the next have level. Have tests? Tests. Like we're going to be tested. What next level we're go- <laughs> of non-human? Correct. We're going to be tested by, and we'll call, I think he refers it to a, a semi-sort of divine group called the family. Not like the cult in Australia. Ah. Correct. Not, not, no, sorry, yeah, not yeah. like oh, that. Not yes. like the cult. No, not Australia. like the cult, right. but like a cult, like it's. It's a yeah, cult. It's, sound, it's sounding yeah. culty. Yeah, and okay. he, culty, he uses all of those sort of um, coercive control techniques and stuff to start to take a woman who clearly was very bright and switched on and running a business and had a huge profile to turn into a, yeah. Anyone can be brainwashed. We, yeah. we did it in Nexium. Anyone. Yeah. Does, yeah. They, they don't pick dumb people because dumb people aren't worth taking down. Yeah. Sorry. So, That's you know, hard. like it, it can it can happen. What do you mean by dumb people? I mean that it's not often people who are, get sucked into cults, everyone just goes, oh, they're stupid, it wouldn't happen to me. Point is it could well happen to you. It could well happen to anyone because yes. they're so manipulative. Yes. Yeah, agreed. Yes. And what's important, because you don't realise at the time, was just how much financial pressure she was under. And a lot of it comes back to... Yeah, right. So she's... Yeah. So what he's suggesting to her is, if you are able to trust me and the process, there is something bigger and better for us and it will be riches beyond... And we will be fine. And the business, he he never talked badly about the business. It's quite the opposite because her dream was to take it further, to build it bigger, to, to be everywhere so that she could sell this idea of a better way for people to eat, which would be better for the environment, better for humankind. So it wasn't like she was coming from a bad place and he didn't poo-poo that. He just said to her, if you believe me and if you participate in this, to that end, you will be able to achieve that. So I think that I make your dream come correct, true. and I think that's yeah. where she was able to. And then we suspend. will ascend to the seventh moon of Wawa. Yeah, knee. It says Wawa here. Knee. So that's why she'd given him access to everything, ultimately millions of dollars, of course. And he he said to her, "It will all be returned." And then you know, tenfold or else. But then a, a nebulous semi-divine group called the Family would confer to her special powers and protection if she only proved herself worthy. The last point is significant, uh, given that, as yeah. Sama explains yeah, in, a, yeah. in an interview, um, she was under a large amount of personal debt mm-hmm. at the time she mm-hmm. met strangers and she worried about maintaining the restaurant. And there are so many aspects of her personality which I think at the outset she was a wonderful, she was a mother figure to these people. They all worked for her for a very long time. She truly did care for them. They adored her. There was this fabulous, you know, not so much work ethic. But they love camaraderie, that's the word. Yeah, yeah, at the restaurant. It was it was the place to be. No one wanted to work. They all wanted to work there. They loved her and everybody was happy with the situation. But that's that public face versus what's happening privately. And privately, she's absolutely shitting herself because she knows that she's not in a position financially to continue doing this. The pressure's mounting. And so when this guy walks in and he sees access to money, he sees what's going to work for him and he's like, well, you know, how am I going to leverage this? And then 
then he starts to introduce all this loopy, loopy stuff. And um, one of the things that you were talking about before was his size. And in, in the documentary, they ask one of the girls who worked in the restaurant if she was aware of the meat suit. And she went, uh, no, like, you'll have to give me a minute of what is the meat suit. And the meat suit was it's body, it's the way he described this sort of the, his weight. He said to her, look, I have to carry this because it's part of the test. I'm kind of supposed to be repulsive to you to test you because I don't think she was attracted to him at all anyway. And, you know, certainly when you it go through it, it's bizarre. But that's what the meat suit was. It was this idea that it, because he was not human, he was just wearing this, this is your meat suit. But isn't that just vile? So, you know, and all this stuff, this this woman running a restaurant, running around town, well, this is sort of starting to build. And these are sort of the building blocks of out of fantasy. And I would definitely recommend you watch um, the documentary because a lot of it was um, recorded. So it's not as though she was a total idiot and she bought it hook, line and sinker. She always had this level of doubt and she was starting to record lots of conversations. He was so rude and mean and aggressive towards her. It was awful. And he would do that thing where he'd say, right, have I ever done wrong by before? And he wasn't. He would get quite often if he'd take money from her, he'd give her money back. Like it wasn't always a one-way street. So there was sort of precedent where it was moving around, but she never really knew what was going on. And it started to really upset people because he started to go into the restaurant more frequently. And then he started to come in as if he was, you know, uh, a person that really had any authority, had some jurisdiction yeah. over it. And the reason he did was did that was because they'd gone and got married. So they, you know, you said before, did they get engaged? I can't what? find anything about them being engaged. I just feel like it was one of those things where it was all really secretively done. They went to Vegas. She didn't for the really weekend. tell anybody. It was just a case of. This is what we need to do at the time because he's probably needed it for some assignment that he needed to do. So she was starting to believe more and more of that kind of stuff. Black ops assignment. Yeah, we better get married for my black ops. Will? Yes. Okay. Will said I need to make sure I've got a wife for my next yeah. assignment. Can but Will was one of the most detrimental parts of it because ring? Will would yeah. send messages to her that she would question something and Will would send it back saying he's in, you know, he's in the field. All you need, all you know, is that he loves you, and that this is happening, and whatever else. But we can't say anything more. Please don't, please don't answer this message, or please don't do that. So she'd be like, "Oh my god, you know what can I do?" Having said, there were other times. So she was trying to question things at different points. She didn't just go, oh, "Okay." But where he really, really got to her, and this is, you know, a, a big selling point. You know, when you see all the promos and stuff, he told her that through the family and the powers that they had that they would be able to make Leon, the dog, immortal. And that is pretty much what I think got her over the line. She allowed herself to believe that. If someone had told me they could make London immortal, I would have been like, sign me up. You'd be like, let me hug that you and your meat suit. I'm good. I can understand why you would want your dog to be immortal. I can't understand why you Maybe not immortal, just live longer. Think that your dog could be made to be a oh, I don't think that could happen. No, but therefore, would you sign up to someone who said this woman's believing in he's got his black immortal. ops? She's like she's believing in this family thing. She's believing that's all this nonsense. That's actually a thing, though. Immortal dogs is not a thing. <laughs> she went for it. 
Didn't she, Carla? She did. Hook, I think he, 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 he totally knew what point. her... It says here, he convinced me I'd be empowered in ways I couldn't imagine, Mengelis explained. I would have access to unlimited resources so that I could help the world make the documentary I always wanted to make, the one that would finally change people's ways and help eradicate factory farming. I'd be helping change things that I'd been dreaming about quietly. I could help whoever I want and stay, oh, and stay forever young. That was it. So she would stay forever young, he would stay forever young, and Leon would be immortal. So those are the things that are the, the sound bite. Yeah, just turn them into vampires. At what point do you go from the unlikely to the impossible? Oh, yeah, I know. Like It's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. See, red meat's good for you. I'm going to have to do it again. <laughs> oh, it's too close, <laughs> mate. It just feels it just feels appropriate. Oh, was it too loud? It was quite last loud, time? yeah. I'll hold it back here a bit. Is that still loud? Yep, fairly. <laughs> Shut up! It's like an alarm clock in the morning. I didn't know how to turn it, is it off. Bleeding. It just like the whole thing. You'll be more successful. Blah blah blah. I can get, but your dog's going to be immortal. You're going to be young forever. Oh, that's. Yeah, you know, that's a point, a moment in time where you go, I'm going to just believe everything he tells me, regardless of what it is, or hang on a minute, mate. <laughs> it's a stretch, isn't it? It is a stretch. So when... Well, no, no, I, think the, I think the first bit's a stretch. When you're into impossible territory, <laughs> I was being that's just a blatant lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, right, sorry. <laughs> yes, gotcha then. The very big stretch. It's like a... A 20-metre stretch limo Correct. with four wheels. Well, you know, and this is where I think people struggle. It just becomes ridiculous. I mean, at what point? And it's very interesting because she's been interviewed about all this, so you can watch it, and she just seems very, I don't know, a bit, a bit lost, sort of, you know, she talks about it. And people say it's like someone who's been involved in a cult. Where she was totally it's brainwashed. 100%, and she's just exactly like. exactly the same. Dis, brainwashed. You know, it's very like it. Yeah. Like, however many people in Jonestown, quite happily, not all of them, but a lot of them quite happily drank the Flavor Aid. It wasn't Kool Aid. And um, died and committed suicide, hundreds of them, because they believed what Jim Jones was telling them. Yep. What was the one you told us the other day where they got cross- crucified, they all locked up the house? Them, and... Yeah, I mean, they were, they were very excited. No. Um, I mean, that was, they, I mean, that was, yeah, you're right. I mean, that was just as ridiculous that they believed something that was impossible, like, oh, we'll kill her. She told us to kill her, but don't worry, she'll, she'll uh, be resurrected. It's the same thing. You know, it's amazing what people will believe in certain circumstances and especially if they've, like in her situation, He's tapped into her vulnerabilities and he's chipped and chipped and chipped. And as you say, using coercive control, yeah. like it's it's serious abuse. And but and yes, you, sh- you you should think to yourself, well, didn't you think that was crazy? But by the time that happens, no, I'm too far down the rabbit hole to see it as crazy anymore. Because what they often say, is the, yeah, the reality is that. worse than that. Because they think, gosh, if I if this is really all bullshit. What have I got? And I have to face reality on the other side and deal with what I've now done. I, I don't know if I can handle it. I just, I'll just put my head down and keep going. Um, so what was Shane Fox, a la Anthony Strange, doing? What was, as she starts to descend into madness, I guess, in some ways, you know, certainly her reactions to things and the things that she's allowing to have happen, what's he doing? Well, he's on the up and up. On the, you know, the flip side, 
He's going to the restaurant more often. He's asserting himself there, pissing everybody off. They know. They know he's a con man. They can feel it. They can see it. They can see it. Yeah. And she's going to the restaurant less and less. And then what he's doing is he's basically asking her for money and getting her to to wire money. And it's always under the guise of, you know, I've got to have this sent to me now. It's going to be done immediately. I'm in I'm in, I'm in Tehran. Like, I mean, honestly. I'm, you know, yeah, bail me exactly. out. And they introduced another gentleman at this point who is a Russian who worked at a bar nearby and he'd, start, he'd befriended him and his name was Nazim. And he kind of used Nazim as this sort of like, I don't know, in some ways he's a bit of a buddy. He got some money out of him and said they were going to set up businesses. So Nazim was also going to the restaurant and people were literally like, your alarm bell can go off now. All of a sudden you've got some, you know, <laughs> Russian bloke coming into the restaurant as well next to Mr. Shady. So I think that the two of them must have looked like really Unless he was in Black Ops. Um, Muslim Shady, please stand up. Please, please stand, stand up. up. Please, please stand, stand up. up. It was super shady. <laughs> <laughs> so they were sort of reaching out to Sama. But at this point, still in a really polite way, you know, what's happening, you know, you know, trying to get a handle so on So Sama, tell us about your doing. crazy boyfriend and... Uh, now husband. Oh, sorry, yeah, husband. They didn't know that they yeah. were married. Yeah. What's going on there? When and are you going to break up? <laughs> and what this guy, Nazim, is able to sort of realise is that he thinks Sama's a really good person and that she is being manipulated mm. totally by, this, um, by Anthony. And he knows that because he's kind of being used, I guess, himself and he's being a bit of a driver. Yeah. You know how in New York everyone's got a driver? So Anthony Driver, it turned out, he would turn up, but more often than not it would actually be a car from a casino. So what was happening is if you're a high roller, they'll get you, you know, driven around from A to B or get you out to the casino. So what looked like, you know, Anthony had some real dosh and was doing stuff, it was actually the casino that was paying or covering the costs of the cars because he was going out and spending such vast sums of money out there. So he was just and, basically um, gambling all her money away and other people's, right? Totally. But he was a very successful gambler right. from what I can understand. He was putting a hell of a lot of money through and winning a lot and obviously losing a lot too, but he was a big-time gambler. So when he was off on a black op, chances are that sometimes he was, he was either in Vegas or, 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 or even yeah. or somewhere. I, I was surprised he was in Massachusetts. A, or I didn't know they had casinos there, but I was surprised. Vegas. Yeah. So around about the same time, and you know, this is a good question, where was her family? So what we find out is that he's in touch with them. And I didn't realise this to start with, but he has control of her, all her emails addresses because remember will yeah because because will has access to every party so he can yeah Mm -hmm. correct he could send emails as sama he could send emails as other people representing Mm -hmm. like it was just i don't know what she was doing just at home asleep with the dog i don't know but he was running all this behind the scenes he contacted her father and asked to meet and i think the father said not without sama i'm not comfortable he contacted her sister uh, and the same thing. And he kept alluding to the fact that she had mental health issues and that he was concerned about her and that things were not great. So it was, again, painting this picture of somebody who was not right in the head kind of thing. So he was saying that he was looking out for her and, you know, he was, it was, it was concern. Where in actual fact, he was totally yeah, the cause yeah, of it. This is, again, a standard abuser's behaviour of isolating a person totally. from their family. Um, so, yep. you know, you had the coercive control, you have the telling the family that it's, it's gaslighting, uh, 
this person's oh, totally. a problem. Um, you know, she's. We all need to care about her because she's the crazy one, and it'll be clearly crazy when she turns around and tells everyone that I told you told her that she could make a dog immortal. Of course, I would never have said that. That couldn't possibly have happened. He's a um, piece of work. Oh God, yeah. That was amazing, and then. At one point, he sends her to Rome. She, I, I, this is she where I just, Rome. there's so many things that you don't quite understand. He sent, I know, but he sends her to Rome for 10 days. Punishment? And when he gets there, she has a test. And the test is that she has to find, oh, I can't remember what it was, like $200,000. She had to find an investor. And the thing was, oh. it did appear that when she was in New York, she seemed to have access to a lot of people who would give her money. I can kind of understand why. You know, there's probably a lot of people who've got a lot of money and she had a massive profile and if she asked for it, they were like, yeah, your business is successful. But I don't know who the hell she asked the money for in Rome, but it was all that thing of it's down to the wire. The family are watching you. If you can't handle this test and you're not going to get to the next level kind of thing. The old next um, level trick. Yes. It, it's Hilarious. the suffering now to get the, you know, the happily ever after. And he always says to her, you bought into this. This is not my, I told you what was going to happen. You bought into the happily ever after. This is the deal. You deliver this or we don't have it. So you decide. And he'll be screaming at her and saying to her, if I tell you to, um, you know, wire money tomorrow, are you going to do it? And then she'd pause and then he'd be like, you know, if I tell you to take all your money out of the bank and light it on fire, you do it. Like he was just, just abusing her kind of thing and she would sort of push back but then invariably we'd get to the next point then she would have done another transaction and it just sort of it just went just sort of escalates you know she kept going on oh, not again and I've already sent you this much money and he was like you know you don't you're you know you're really not you're trusting not the process you have to totally buy into me correct oh god it was just so awful and at the same time like he was just it was all these like grueling sort of emotional tests that he would you know, put it through. And then I think there was some sexual stuff as well, but we don't really want to go into that too much, but there's not much. So that's where things have sort of got to. And it's starting to unravel at an increasing rate. And at one point in 2014, she disappears. It's probably when she's gone to Rome. I don't know. She just sort of keeps coming and going. At one point they travel through Europe and they don't stay in one place. They just keep moving. So she's not at the restaurant. The restaurant's kind of running itself and, you know, they spoke to the staff and they're trying to get in touch with her, but she just becomes less and less and less available. And the stuff that she's sending back as responses, even if they were her, who knows? And it's always like, oh, you know, don't worry about that. Oh, yeah, that's also okay. Also known as more and more And then in isolated. 2014, correct, yeah. And she doesn't even know where she's going. She, this is where it's sort of infuriating where you just go, what, what's also difficult for the staff back at the restaurant? So I, in, I think it was probably in... Well, the restaurant shut once in July of 2014 for a month because she didn't pay the wages. So they put signs up on the restaurant, like to the you know people who would normally dine there, or whatever else, saying a, a month's worth of wages haven't been paid. So you know what are we going to do? You know, so she sends a note saying, "Oh, don't worry, it'll all be sorted. It was just a banking glitch or whatever else." And they end up being paid, and everyone comes back to work, and she's just not there. One of the guys gets in touch with her and suggests what she's doing is. Um, illegal and so she sacks Sorry. him and then he leaves and goes so what was that someone said raw food's illegal no not paying your staff oh yeah no, no so he illegal. basically yeah. and he said look I was really annoyed and I was probably more aggressive than I needed to be he said but I was and basically they sat she sacked him on the right. spot anyway he went into some other business consultancy and they opened up around the corner and he said most of the staff went with me 
and they worked around the corner. He said, but as soon as it opened back up again, they went straight back because they loved mm. the brand and they loved working. For her. They had loved working yeah. for her. Yep. You know, time goes on again and then <laughs> they're really starting to take more and more money out of the business, the business account yeah. and he's having it take money out of Pure Food and Wine into her personal account. Is, and then sorry, can I just ask, so is Pure Food and yet again, Wine in her name yeah. at this stage? I know they're married, but is that joint debt that he's dragging um, them into the, or is it? No, I yeah, don't right. think so. I think that that's separate because she's taking the money yeah. out of Pure Food and Wine into her own personal he's account. He's siphoning it his, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so he's, he's putting her in debt, not them in debt. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. But so in, in terms of that then control, it's more this... about this is detrimental to her more so than to him. Mm-hmm. After the sort of silliness of the meat suit and the silliness of Leon living forever and all that kind of stuff where just beggars belief, he then asks her to arrange a meeting with her investor who is Jeffrey Chadrow. And he wants to meet him as this other man. So she's, he's got another persona who's another restaurateur and he's going to speak to him about getting investment for another restaurant. And then there's this whole series of meetings that don't happen. So the legitimate guy, Jeffrey's waiting to meet this guy because Sama has introduced him and he still thinks Sama is, you know, the bee's knees because he's not so aware of, you know, not aware of what's going on with Anthony Strangers. But it's that thing of going, even this guy, I wouldn't say quite fell for it, but I think the guy cancelled three meetings. And at one point he said, Oh, they were supposed to meet. He goes, I missed my flight. And he said, Well, you didn't miss your flight half an hour ago. You would have missed your flight from Boston at four o'clock this mm-hmm. afternoon if we're having a meeting at, you know, 7 30 tonight. And it's that thing where people go, Oh, well, but, you know, some were introduced us or whatever else. And then they were due to have another meeting. And then they were, he would never plan to go to this meeting, but he sends Sama along. So she goes and meets Jeffrey Chatter in Miami and he's like, well, where's your friend? You know, he's not very reliable. I mean, I'm thinking that you're a really professional business guy. I'm so confused why you're even now a little bit sort of like, I don't say buy into it, but you're not going, this is bullshit. Hello, alarm bells. He likes it. Um, But he's buying into her. Yeah, Yeah, and he does. And that's that's the charm of her in everybody standing by her for as long as they have and waiting for her to wake up. But I'm wondering what he was expecting was going to come, he being uh, Shane Fox, was going to come. Yeah. Yeah. Just more money, more investment. You know, but was he hoping that, that she would, yeah, correct, do the deal for him mm. in his absence? Because otherwise it sounds like correct. a terrible strategy. Because he knew that because of the charm of her and her relation and so her relationship her with Jeffrey. She he is right. Otherwise it'll be yeah. quite hard to explain why someone else has the same meat suit as him. But it's yeah. actually yes. <laughs> But also it it's, it's I just risky. borrowed your partner's meat suit. Mm, sorry. But it's also <laughs> risky because if she meets with um him, I'm really good with names, but you know who I'm talking about. Jeffrey, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and they Jeffrey, yeah. sit down and go, God, it's the third time he hasn't shown up. Weird, and then Jeffrey goes, sure he's legit. Legit. And legit. she goes, Well, yeah. you've backed me in the past. And that's where it's and annoying. From Shane's point of view, this is something that I think is a very risky trick to try to pull because it could 100% backfire on him. Strangers is relying on the level of manipulation that he's got Correct. over and that, her. And that's that the no risk. No matter what anyone else says, she won't She won't. But that's the mind. risk that he, because yeah. he could actually do that. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But I, at this point in time, how far down this, this path she's gone, I'm not sure it's that big a risk. 
Mm. I know okay. what you're saying, but rabbit hole. She seems yeah. so under the thumb at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It it actually borders on boring at this point because it's just like, oh, this is just stupid. Like, where are you headed with all of this? Like, I mean, how much money is she going to get access to? Because she, she's, you know, constantly transferring bits and he's threatening her again. And I'm like, well, is there a timeline? Like, what? What's he saying to her? And they don't sort of allude to that. But she sounds exhausted by it all. And she's like, I've had enough. Do you know what I mean? It's hard to unpick, isn't so it? After in her community. To try to make sense. Yeah. So she's talking to him saying in the recordings that they've got, and you'll be able to listen to that. And you're thinking she's so close to saying, fuck off, I know. But she just never seems to. And then she she comes through again and she does the money. And God knows, sometimes I don't know where she got the bloody money from, but she did. And he's like, you know, well done, darling. You know, you. I knew you could be trusted. I, you know, you're, you're that step closer. They, you know, I know they're testing us. Well done. So he takes her away from New York, and at first she she doesn't even know where they're going, and she's like, you know, we just drove, and they end up in Las Vegas, and they live in Vegas. Now you got to remember, she's a vegan. All of us have been to the US. You know how difficult it is to get vegetables, you know, clean, healthy food, let alone Vegas. And she talks about her time there. She basically stayed in a hotel room for the entire time, like it was months and months, while he gambled. Seriously? And then she was still not at work. Yes, it was just bizarre. And that's where I get, that's where you start to get sort of like annoyed because clearly he's not doing black ops now. Clearly he's just gambling. You know, the ruses, you know, what I don't, and this is where I get annoyed. It's like, okay, well, I know what you've been led to believe puts you in a really embarrassing understatement predicament, but then she just sort of becomes this broken. sort of shell of herself. Yeah. And yeah, yeah so broken. they stay in Vegas mm. for a number of months. They go, then they go back to New York again. And people at the restaurant say, oh, you know, they saw her, they didn't see her, they communicated with her, but they're all still going to work, which I just, find unbelievable because I guess it was the restaurants a probably big... still turning over some cash though yeah and there was still there was an office so there were people still in jobs doing their doing their everyone jobs. was just doing yeah. their jobs yeah, and yeah. correct and everyone was just you know it was still kept ticking I'm not saying that it was doing particularly well one way or the other but it was obviously surviving and she was able to siphon money out of it but then after that trip they come back to New York and then they go on a big trip and at this point they're basically on the run and at what this do you mean point, on the run the restaurant closes <sighs> From the IRS, have they paid any tax or anything? No. There we go. Have you ever heard of a saying, on the land? Yes. I've never heard of it. Oh, my God. How have I never heard that? In Catalogue of Cons. You have heard it. You heard it about six, seven weeks ago when I talked about being on the land. And I said the same thing. And I said the same thing again. I've never heard of that up until now. Now I keep seeing it everywhere. Do not pick up your phone, (laughs) Tony? Apparently, Tony went to pick up his phone because apparently where it came from, was yeah. that there were a series of pioneers types who left England on the run, effectively, yes. Um, yes. on a ship called the Lamb. And so it comes well, from I'm on the Lamb because they, they fled to America on a ship called the Lamb. Well, there you go. That's where it came from. But it's dropped the B, so it's L-A-M when you say I'm on the Lamb. Ah, yeah. yes, yeah. So, because I yes. Because I was like, I'm sure that was what we talked about and then I couldn't remember if that definitely was I love it, yeah. how much thought, she paid like attention it. to my stories. Anyway. Well, she would <laughs> no, be No, it wasn't that. I thought it was, but I couldn't. I, there's so many things that I've never heard before that I was like, that's that, that thing. She's vegan. That reminds me of another story about being on that. It's a completely different one and I might not go into the detail of it, but it's a little bit about um, I'm on the blob, you're going to have to do me up the shitter. And so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I just I just thought that was um, you know, on the land. What is that from? Puberty Blues? No, from um one of my friends. One of my friends. Let's just leave it at that. No, it's from a movie. No, isn't it? it's actually a thing that happened on the Young Endeavour. It's from a movie, isn't it? I don't know. I, I'm only telling you from my real life. Is it a real do I know it from you? I know you that from me. I said it to I you, it and I no, you do oh. through me. Unless so you, you covered told it me in the story about podcast. it, yeah. and I thought no, no, no. Years ago, no, no, no. Years ago, Clark yeah. told me the story, story years ago. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. So when we're in yeah, the UK, at some it. point, I have said, <laughs> "Oh, sorry, I'm Not on the sure. blob. You'll have to yeah. give me up the shit out as yeah, a joke." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than being on the lamb. You'll have to give me up the shit to shock you appropriately, and it worked, and it worked again yeah. today. Did you honestly know someone who said yes. that? Yes. Yeah, well, no, God. I know I someone know. who was there Do when that was. No, no, so I know someone who was who was with <laughs> a guy yeah. who said, are you um, Aussie girls all the same? Because... I met someone who said, I'm on the blob, you're going to have to do me up the shit Last <laughs> night. And he was like, what? <laughs> That's a good one. And therefore, all oh Australian women obviously think that way. Yeah, anyway. yeah, they all think that yeah, when so they're on the I'm blob. Clearly I think untrue. I had told you that. Could we stop saying oh, on the, the language? The language. The language. Oh, no. the, well, just, that's the story, right? It's I'm like drinking the, red wine. Do you mind? Every, every oh. time I hear on the lamb, I'm hearing on the blob for no actual <laughs> factual reason. It's just like oh, I don't hear the same. What thing. else can you be on? The on the. Yeah. All right. So they're on the lamb. In um, January of 2015, staff have walked out on mass and. That's it. Like they've they've already walked out once before, but now they start. They have a protest out the front. They've got placards, and they're basically saying Sama needs to pay us. Um, oh, it's like George Kalambaras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they start using pictures of Sama where she had been posting, not recently, but you remember I told you that she'd be in Europe and she hadn't paid the time before. They're like, you know, what's going on? You're out there having a life. So at that point, they do start to look into it and then there is the investors who I, I don't know who the investors are. I don't know if they came in later in the piece they or like earlier. The They're not Jeffrey Chadrow, it's somebody you know, else. Like the faceless man. It's not the family. It's somebody who invested in the restaurant. So while they're on the lamb. Oh, what do you have to do <laughs> when they're on the lamb? has a tattoo. Sama has a tattoo that's incredibly, um, well, identifiable. It is on her left arm I think just up yeah. here like um what do you call it top of your left and does, arm. hang on Carla it does it say CNT the only thing missing is you what, no what did it really say then sorry it didn't say anything it is a it's a heavily inked lucky duck so it's just a duck but because she's so fine it's just this ugly, well, ugly really like it, this duck on her arm so What's his name? Duck juice. Strangers waddle, had waddle, her cover it up the quack, whole time. They knew quack, that they because she'd be waddle, totally identifiable waddle. by that. Quack. Quack. Duck quack. poetry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So she's ident- they're identified yeah. by that ugly yeah. duck. Yeah, so she does have his tat and that's from you know the juice bar was called Lucky yeah. Duck, one lucky duck. So that's the one I lucky know. duck. Duck juice. Brand, I the brand for that. So he has to cover that up and they just go from one shitty little place to the next and when she reflects on it, she realises that they've gone from one place that's got a casino to another. So who do you reckon he's going to get some money from now? 
Um, he gets in touch with Sama's mother. Dead? Oh, right, okay. Well, no, Sama's the mother. And we don't get to meet the mum. But he does, and he does that thing. I, we need money to help Sama. Asshole. She's not in a good way. I need to do this to help her. And, again, the mum is a really apparently cluey, somewhat cluey person. But she starts handing the dosh over, so mum's helping oh, to pay for that. no. And Sama wouldn't even know this, would she? But the funniest thing she's is. She's crazy or something, so. No, she doesn't. Family, we all sometimes we all invest. No, no. Well, I guess I know. Sorry, what I'm I'm trying to say is that so he's been. Sorry, was there a joke there that I missed? No, probably. It wasn't a joke. It's something actually (laughs) did. No joke. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, we did. No, I agree. No, but what I'm no, but it any it can happen to all of us. No, what I'm trying to say is that was so for us that was direct. What I'm trying to say understand is. He was, was legit, undermining yeah. her before in the face of the family. So then when he goes out and asks yes. for help mm. from the family, yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't necessarily go back to her to say, are you okay, sweetie? They take his word. They can't. They can't access her. And that, that's the bit I'm trying to understand. So, right? so. And, and just to be clear, we're talking about her real family, not the family. Yeah, yeah, yes. So you're right. Mm-hmm. Yes. He has contacted, yeah, so yeah. From, he has contacted her yeah. mother, unbeknownst to Sama, she does not know yeah. this, and he's communicating with Sama, both as Sama sometimes, but certainly as Anthony Strangers, and he's asking for money from her and, you know, sometimes threatening her, sometimes not, but usually using um, Sama's health and well-being as the, the lever to sort of get what he wants out of her. But Sama is not aware yeah, of that. Put her on the phone. And Sama... This is what it's just. Do you know where they have ended up? You will not believe this. There's a place called they're in Tennessee, is where they ultimately end up, and it's called Pigeon Forge. And Pigeon Forge is this tourist town that is just near Dollywood. Really? And it is. Oh, let's go! It is to say that it's like a. It's like a strip of motels and fast food restaurants. And again, I can only imagine. What a vegan would, would I don't know what like she did. She ended up living in this, you know, crappy motel. She's living on rice or something. She dust. ends up befriending one it's person at a Chipotle and I believe that he, they must do like a salad bowl or something and that was the only thing I think oh. she ate. And I think by going there constantly, she ended up sort of having a bit of a friendship with this guy there um, but never said anything about who she was and he said, look, I kind of got the idea that she was on the lamb <laughs> um, because she sort of said, oh, you know, she would have to get back at a certain time and she was always watching Pigeon, Pigeon, Pigeon Forge, Poke, Pigeon Forge, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Everyone's on the lamb. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to do me up the pigeon. I'm on the lamb. You're going to have to do me up the pigeon. Up the pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, enough. Gross. Right. Anyway, wild. so they are there for, they're on the run. For 10 months. What? And I'm not saying they're in Tennessee oh for the entire God. 10 months, but it's a long time. So how long has she been away now? Well, she's like hardly ever been, more than. I would say it's the best part of probably two years that she's hardly there. And, you know, the restaurant, you know, the signage, it's all two gone. Years, That's the thing yeah. in the past. No one knows where she is. They've got no idea. No, no one's had any gone. contact with her. She will say that she has, like, there's, you know, she's just. She's broken. I don't know what she did, to be honest. She had the dog, so Leon was with them, obviously. So it was just her and the dog, her and the dog, and he was there as well. So there is some footage of them in hotel rooms where she's getting yelled at, where she's just lying in a bed and he's saying, you know, you've got to get up, you've got to get up. 
Right on time, right on time. Gotta get up, gotta get up, gotta get up. Whoa. Gotta get up, gotta get up, gotta get up. Anyway. That happened quick. I did that away from the mic because I knew it would be upsetting. Wow. That's because we're responding to the fact that we're hearing the story of a woman who's become a significant Absolutely. subject of abuse. And she just Domestic has, abuse. like, she's given up. You know, she just, I mean, I don't know now she's, and so she just yeah, yeah. has just turned, she's just, yeah, she's she has, everything. except Leon. But she's All she's got is Leon. Nothing else, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Poor bugger. Mm. So do you want to know how they got caught? Tell me. Do yeah. tell me. Oh, was it in a was it in a hoedown? This is the bit where was it Leon? Was quite. it dual karaoke? No, it wasn't Leon's fault. Please tell me it was in a diner. It was absolutely Anthony Strangers' fault. I was hoping it was no. going to be dual karaoke. So thinking of all the sound bites and all the headlines that would you know this would generate, yeah. it, it's just it couldn't be more fitting. Right. So Anthony Strangers ordered a pizza from Domino's. In his own name, in a credit card in his name, which the local authorities were able to find, yeah, they went to the local Domino's and said, did you fulfil a pizza order for, for a man with a big Anthony fat suit? Yesterday morning. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, And a woman uh, with yeah. a CNT. Actually, it was the only order. Tattoo. <laughs> tattoo. CNT tattoo. A lovely duck, duck tattoo. <laughs> what was it called? A slurpee of duck juice. And they said, yes, it was the only order. <laughs> We did yesterday morning. Yeah. So the only the order hotel, they did yesterday morning. To, no, yesterday because I think it was quite a morning That's an pizza. I guess it was really a strange time. Oh, wow. yeah. Pizza, you'd random. Be busy. I would have thought they would open. It's Domino's. I'm pretty sure they're okay. They knew who it was immediately. Yeah, right. So they went to the motel. Yeah. Uh, went to the receptionist and said, "Look, we need to. Are these people here? Yes, they are. They've been here for quite some time. Have they paid the and bills? They asked. They haven't. No." The credit card hadn't worked uh-huh. or something like that. So they said, okay, can you get him to come down to the guise of questioning his bill that hadn't been paid? And it was that simple. They came they down, they arrested him, he didn't say anything. They went upstairs and she was in a separate but adjoining room and the reason they found her or knew what was going on was because they heard Leon bark because Leon barked because he'd heard people outside. Oh, I was thinking Leon was a and person for a in. minute there. I'm like, geez, that's odd. And that was it. And she was like, yep. She's alive though. Yeah, yeah, she was alive, but Bless. she was just, they said that she was unrecognisable from the photographs of the I woman that they'd was. seen, which was obviously the photo of New York. She was just so skinny and run Ripped, down and ruined. just, yeah. Destroyed. Broken. Broken, yeah. yeah. And in the photos of her, that's what they say, because she was proud of her um, appearance previously. They said that they think that the mugshot photo, and in the mugshot, as someone said, she looks she looks cheap. Like I know that sounds a really terrible thing to say about somebody, but I don't know. There's some. There's a real thinness to her eyebrows, and she's gaunt exactly. without yeah. looking slender. You know, it, she just looks rough, and like she's you know she doesn't look New York vegan glowing. You know, because it wasn't that she was ever wearing makeup. I mean, she's always oh, gorgeous she's naturally, but she just Carla, destroyed. She's been eating out of yeah. a chipotle. Salad yeah. bowl for ten months. But, but to no, be she's yeah. looking good and, to be and fair, got no vitamins and not glowing. <laughs> she needs a good steak. To, to, to be fair, I look in the mirror sometimes and go, "Oh, you're looking a bit rough, doll. You know, you used to be I look rough, but I never look gaunt. You oh, used to be a bit more New York. 
You know, fabulous meat soup. Yeah. We all do. Oh, God. So it was literally just fodder for the tabloids. You've got a vegan on the run who is being a caught vegan on by the, the run. Is that, and as the that police, Paul, Cartney, Paul yeah. McCartney song? On the lamb. Vegan on the run. Found the run. Vegan on the run. Something or other, we're What a crime! Yes, so very um, which was what is it, a little bit sort of well, it's not really sad. It's kind of just what it is, but the. They, the policeman in Tennessee said he'd been contacted by so many publications, particularly out of New York, asking about the pizza. And he said, look, it wasn't hers. He said there was adjoining rooms. Her room was perfectly tidy with nothing in it. There were a couple, I think there was a book or something. His room was disgusting and there were wrappers and pizza boxes and shit Everywhere he was just a Big. you know he was slow. making sure his Sloth. meat suit was in the right he made sure his meat suit was repulsing her sufficiently. And my body's too vegan-licious for you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was one of our old songs, wasn't it, Schmitty? Oh. oh yeah, great song. When Anthony was arrested, were there any yeah. African American police officers involved? <gasps> No, I don't think so there were. Have to edit out. Mm-hmm. I just wondered if the black cops got him in the end. Hey, there you go. <laughs> so they go, hey, boom, boom. 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 <laughs> boom. Well played. Well played. I would, I would oh, like it if the black cops got him in the end. I happen to know that they were both two white Tennessee places. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know this well, really They wouldn't do anything wrong. Tennessee anyway. <laughs> I don't get black it. Black ops. I don't get it. Oh, black, oh, black, God ops. black ops. Oh. Black ops. Black cops. Oh, that's when you like that much. Tony. It's hard to oh, I got, Tony, it. I got it. It was Tony. very well played. I was being racist. <laughs> okay. I don't think he was trying to make a racial, racial overtones. Like a yeah, sober right. yeah. Poor Rachel. Poor Rachel vilification. She, no one likes her. That, She's not welcome right. at a dinner party. The two were accused by the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office of draining Mengelis' 12-year-old raw vegan. Hang, hang on, sorry. Pure Carla, I'm, I'm lost of, in all of the shenanigans we've just had. Sama. The two, yeah. the two were accused. Sama. Accused. So Sama yeah, right. and, and Anthony. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. she's in on yeah. something she doesn't two know about. By the Brooklyn District. Yeah. Of, uh, so they were accused of draining her restaurant of nearly two million dollars, stiffing employees, duping investors, going on the lamb, and spending lavishly on hotels, watches, and casinos. After they left town in May of 2015, Mangalis. I feel like I've changed his name. Which is so Carla. Let's just call it Gary. Sarma. Gary Sarma in went hospital. From feminist business icon. Sarah. What did Sarah do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary. But to Gary. clickbait. They called her the vegan vixen. The and vegan vixen. Oh, why? Because she's and the, the problem? And the vegan Bernie Madoff. How very dare they. Yeah. Wow. They called her that. Yeah. So she became the total focus for everybody's. Oh, poor um, bugger. Well, dis- they were despised her. And, and I sort of want to get onto this a little bit later, but it's, I think that we have an issue when people say they're vegan anyway because to say that you're vegan, you've got to hold yourself to some serious standards of not just going, oh, just, you know, pop down to McDonald's and grab whatever I can get. You've got to really manage your 
your life in such totally a way that food related you are able to fulfill. Or shoe related or yeah, clothing related. But still, I think, you know, it's, it's a bit of a lot I of jobs. It's, it's just a bit of a Gwyneth Paltrow type yes. stuff, you know. Yeah. They said it was an attention-getting story because of the delicious reek of hypocrisy. She is guilty of conduct mm. unbecoming a vegan, one that jilted invested in Boston software on she's a bad vegan. It was widely reported that just before the arrest, the couple had ordered a Domino's pizza. Actually, a non-raw, non-vegan cheesy pie plus a side of chicken wings was only for the 300-pound-plus strangers. So he put a little bit of 300-pound plus. fat. Oh, megawatty. Well, what do you, yeah, so he got bigger and bigger. And when you see their mug shots, she is literally this skeletal little thing and he's a bit putty. Um, She's an orca. So, so Carla, yeah. sorry, who, who but it's was just, reporting it, it's that? It's such a mighty fall from grace. That was widely reported. Widely. Yeah, yeah. By, by no sorry. specific source. No, that's important. I can't even know where I'm getting it out. What source? Oh, this is out of vanity. Yeah, right. No, because okay. I, I want to call that out when I get to my sentencing because I'm not okay with that, yeah. you know, like. Yes, yes, she's a vegan. Yes, therefore she has food principles and, and animal principles. Yep. But yep. it doesn't mean she's superhuman. Well, she was hoping to become that, though, wasn't she? <laughs> so he ends up at 300 plus pound. He was the one who placed the order for the pizza. Obviously, it was for him. It was, it's just such a huge fall from grace. You're at the Fairfield Inn and Suites in Pigeon Ford, just down the road from Dollywood, in the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains. It's... Not somewhere, I mean, honestly, if you watch the um, documentary, it is about as far away from, you know, the hub and bub of Gramercy Park in New York and, you know, the well-to-do and highfalutin people that would be around there. It is tragic, really, just that it just got that mucky. It's like he's consumed her energy as well, though. Yeah. He's like yeah, sucked he her life her. away from her. Yeah. So Paul did a quick calculation. He was a little police so presence by Leon Sparky. Kilo. She was reading a book that she'd bought at Goodwill, which I assume is a op shop. Yeah, op shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. She'd been subsisting on vegan bowls from a nearby Chipotle. She begged the officers to treat the dog with care. Brooklyn District Attorney Ken Thompson announced they were finally caught and we intend to now hold them accountable for this outrageous thievery and fraud. Yes. So was was the charge that they were um, arrested outrageous thievery and fraud or was there actually a real charge (laughs) (laughs) there was so what they so they take them back to new york and she's held at the county jail before she's transferred to rikers for the holiday house swap she got a good meal for once (gasps) where some of her female cellmates taunted her asking if it was true that vegans taste better Oh, well. You didn't react well, to that, guys. You couldn't eat a whole Probably. one. <gasps> I can't believe I'm saying their nickname for her was Sweet Pussy. <laughs> Not magic. But to former employees who used to call her Sama Mama for turning the workplace into a surrogate family and social media followers who lusted after her vegan deluxe life of Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say vegan deluxe pussy, not vegan deluxe. Life of tight dresses. <laughs> it says, I don't know how she got mixed up with Anthony. Strangest's own stepmother, Ellie Stranger, said, a woman like her? What did she see in Anthony? Yeah, no, I agree with that. Post Sama lost her mind. Post-incident. Said the novelist. Yeah, exactly. Kapoor. Post-incident. That's a really appropriate comment, but, you know, that's the easy. I think this is quite interesting because it sort of 
it, it brings us Absolutely. back to why we think she did any of it in the first place. And her friends maintain that it relates to Leon. It says a source close to Miguel describes a scenario in which strangers resorted to cult-like techniques, including gaslighting, sleep okay. deprivation, and sexual humiliation to control her. Perhaps if you can understand how a sane, successful businesswoman comes to believe the insane idea that her dog can live forever, everything else snaps into focus. Mm. How that person might be accused of bilking her investors of 844000 owe her employees more than 40000 in unpaid wages, financially strip her restaurant, and now find herself awaiting trial with a potential 15-year sentence. She had thought all harm would be magically reversed just as Leon's lifespan would be extended, according to her parents. Yeah, but I'm not even sure that she was like as cognizant of how much money was being siphoned away and how much people were being ripped off or or she was just so far down a spiral where it was like I can't cope with it anymore, I can't do anything about it anyway. So the only thing she yeah. can hang on to is the idea of Leon being with her. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he had access to everything. He took everything from her. I don't think you covered it but I feel like Will – was the same person? Oh, yes. So Will is Anthony Strangers, of yeah, course. Right. Ah. But the, the, he did. It was it was convincing in the sense that he did have a different um, persona. Uh, he must have had yeah. his own brand book, his own lookbook, because he did have a different voice. Yeah. And, yeah. He, and it was very, very um, astute, very businesslike, I very. Very black it from, I think it was actually from movies. I really do. It was like a movie. Mm. No, I just read something that I hadn't seen before, oh, right. and it was uh, it was more about it turns how out she was a con woman all along. <laughs> no, not at all. It was it was it was to Clarkie's point about how did she start to engage with um, him in the first in the mm. first instance, and they're sort of suggesting that they think that Alec Baldwin, they think that he was using he he would have figured that sort of like through six degrees of separation somewhere in his or in his universe, someone would be worth money to him. And I think he started looking to exploit that. And then it was through Sama he found someone he could sort of start to talk to. And then from that point, he started to be quite clever so that he was sort of winning her. He, he used Leon to win her over. And it says here, um, yeah. Mr. Fox seemed to know just what to tweet to win Sama's heart. Mm. Um, in October 28, 2000, Mengelis blew a Twitter kiss to Mr. Fox for guessing why she named her dog Leon, even though she'd posted on her easily searchable blog a year earlier that it was from Leon, the professional, the Luc Besson film about a hitman. Right. Um, if anyone who guesses it, usually I get guesses for Kings of Leon. And so you know, stuff like that, He, if he was clever enough to do everything else, he's just gone back and found the answer. So he's already feeding into what's important it's 100% catfished her. He's researched yeah. her. It's, yeah. It's like he's targeted her. And she's facing fifteen years. I'm so sorry no... for her. No, no, that doesn't. That's that. Yep. Well, that's potentially at the time, but that doesn't play out like that. Right. So what essentially happens is they both go to Rikers. She gets bail, and someone posts it. I, I don't know who does. I can't. I hope she puts up some that. good he Insta doesn't. photos, like you would on your trip to Rikers. Here yeah. I am at Rikers. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to have to go there, aren't I? With my trial by wine. <laughs> I got the morning Man. shuttle before the Woo! kids woke up. Live from Riker. Set up my little laptop. We've got Swannies hey, calling in from Riker. I've got a Riker's coffee cup. <laughs> I had to get up at 5 a.m. this morning to capture this sunset. Yeah, but it's like the, 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 Rik- the Riker's edition. Doing my day from Riker's. Live from Riker's. <laughs> 
Okay, so she's there, she gets bail, she leaves. He's only there for nine days to start with. But he stays and he's there for a year because he doesn't know him post-bail. Um, and then when... He's not going to keep that fat suit. I don't know. I think he's... He, I don't know where the hell he is. Call me Bubbles, darling. Everybody does. Anyway, so she... Get in my belly. She pleads guilty, basically. Anyway, you know how much time she only she only served four months. I didn't. That's know exactly I had what born. I think of when I think of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is that for me to yeah, someone who's bastard. just an absolute us? And the way he speaks to her, you wait till you hear it. He's just that beautiful. would make a maggot gag. <laughs> it's a baby. Get in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> belly. <laughs> That's exactly what I think of him. <laughs> <laughs> you do that very that well, Schmidt. We're very fat well. shaming. This individual has asked for our shame. No, we're not. <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry. So, um, December oh, on December nineteenth, two thousand and sixteen, prosecutors prosecutors offered Sama a plea deal in which she would agree to serve one to three years in prison. Uh, her attorneys reported by Vanity Fair to be planning a coercive, controlled offence. Yeah. And then Summer pleaded guilty in May 2017 to stealing more than $2 million from investors and scheming to defraud, as well as criminal tax fraud charges. She received a jail sentence of nearly four months um, and she filed for divorce from strangers in May 2018. So he never went back to jail and she only did four months. Serious? Yeah. He he never went back. How long did he do? No, a year. Less than her. No, a year. No, no he, she he was just on bail. She only did four did months. Did he do right. anything? Plus nine days. He was, he, so he was just he, stuck there. Hang on. He was stuck in Rikers. Well, he did he not have you. a subsequent trial yeah, and subsequent sentencing? Or or do they give it away because he was already in custody for a year and then they said, well, we'll Give it away, give it away, give it away now. That's a red hot chilli peppers defence. Give it away, give it away now. Let's see if I can find out what he did in the end. He had um, been married before <gasps> and he had a bit of a track record. So he was married to a woman called Stacy. Stacy. Yeah. Stacy. No, they call me Stacy. They call me <laughs> Jane. That's not my name. That's not my name. What was her real name? <laughs> I don't know if we find out. He had um, been married to Stacy Avery and he told her that he'd inherited $5 million from, I think, an aunt that had died. So they started spending up big and then, of course, the check never came. Uh, and then they had a baby because she was pregnant at the same time. And then, one night, and, and then the dad was in on it. So the dad, she, she, he also said that he'd been shot and that he'd been in the military and then there was a wound and the dad helped, you know, corroborate the story. So she said, you know, I believe it all to start with, but he's just a scout. And then he just left. He got, she was lucky. Yeah, I reckon she dodged the bullet. He just got up yeah. and left and never saw him again. And it wasn't until... Sama reached out after this all happened that they were actually able to say, "Oh yeah, that's that sounds about right. His behaviour is um, exactly what he's done." Else, it's just yeah. a con artist. Just to be clear, <laughs> what were they charged with? Fraud. I'm trying to find. I don't know why I can't find it all of a sudden. Yes, grand larceny. I know. I don't know where I've got it in my notes because I, I now I'm googling it. I still can't find it. The exact sentences because it's got to do with. Fraud and grand larceny, which is basically stealing. Let me and stealing in the context of not paying people properly, or stealing in the context of yes, well, also taking the money from the borrowing money from people and stealing from the restaurant. No, but but no. So as the as the owner of the restaurant, I don't know that you can be charged with stealing money from 
your own restaurant. She wasn't the owner. I don't think it works quite like that. She's in, they're investors who own the restaurant, right? A bunch of people gave money to invest in the in it. Yeah, that was siphoned off into her personal account, which shouldn't have happened, and then the husband took it because he was controlling everything. So, so that's grand larceny. So the crime there is. Yes. So the crime would from be the investors. Yeah, in the, imagine this in this amazing world where this podcast ever makes money, <clears throat> and it's all in a in a business account, and I just take it all. That would be theft, <laughs> right? From you two. So it's it's like that. I can't imagine. That's last. No, no. Isn't it? Can you can you put it into something? Tax fraud and conspiracy to defraud. Can you put it into something a little bit more realistic? Because I don't really understand what it is that you're saying. The nine dollars that we make currently, were I to take all of the nine dollars, my dog would achieve immortality. Are you just living off the interest, Smitty? I haven't even banked it. It's still sitting in Patreon. Oh, you're just living off the interest. It's just offensive to pull it down. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Danielle. And um, what's wrong with all the rest of you who enjoy our content? About time you became patrons too. Anyway, moving on. No, yeah, no, just it's it's important to me to try to understand what the crime is that that the law sees in this. Um, Not paying your staff. To understand. No, that bit. Yeah. I, that, that bit I can get right. Totally get. I understand, but. But as someone, and, and this is where I was going, if someone owns a restaurant and they take money from it, that's not stealing. That's just bad She doesn't business. own it, though. So what she's doing of the money that's running, the money that runs the, the restaurant, back. and she takes that, yeah, she, that's her, so if she's but, taking money from that and putting it in her personal account, that's stealing. No, but that's no, no, but then that's possibly just loan default, like defaulting on loans. So she was just taking whatever they had and the money that they were supposed to be using for other stuff, she was just using it for her own needs. Mm. So needs what he wanted. That money is there to run the business. It's not there for you to, and it's not profit. It's I don't think there was profit to be honest. By the sounds of things, it was just like it, the cost of running a restaurant was huge. Run, running a restaurant into the ground isn't even a crime though. Like it's as long as you pay people no, along the way, and that, that's what I'm trying to get my head around. What's the legal crime here? And that's okay if we don't know. I just grand larceny, schemes to fraud. Mm. That's it. That's what they've said. Yep. Right. Criminal tax where they wouldn't have had the tax. Are we okay. going to do some sentencing? Yes. Yeah, I think there's two things that I sort of wanted to bring up, which were things that we can sort of factor into the sentencing. One of them was, do you think people are trying to hold somebody who positions themselves as a vegan to a higher standard? I don't, I don't know that that really comes into it. I think that in all the stuff that I read, she never really seemed to be banging on about it. That was just part of who she was and that was her business. But it wasn't that she was at any point ever sort of trying to put herself on a pedestal or anything like that. She didn't seem to have that sort of character. I think that she was really a person who genuinely was passionate about the yeah, food and the animals like how people have been nasty about Jamie Oliver because some of his restaurants have failed. When all Jamie Oliver's been trying to do is get people to eat better. Eat healthy. Yeah, certainly in schools in the UK. See, I don't, I don't see a connection between veganism and high principles. I see a connection between veganism and possibly better eating, um, but also animal welfare. So, yeah. so there's those two things I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But does that mean that they're good with 
climate change or social policy or you know, a whole range of other things that are also important to society. I don't, I don't think there's any connection between that. And, and like any principled person, if you're principled on one point, doesn't mean you principled across all points. And, and yeah, so 100%. 100%, I do not hold vegans on a high pedestal. In fact, I get frustrated like anyone who's principled about the way they try to impose their beliefs on me. Let's all appreciate each other's beliefs and and acknowledge them and be okay with that. So eat what you want. I don't care. That's not on me. It was just a thought, but it, it seemed to creep up quite a few times. And there's quite a few things at the moment that are in, I don't know if it's in it's such in the media, but why are we obsessed with con stories or stories about cult? And I think it's, we all watch them and we put ourselves in their shoes and think, God, at what point would you have just gone, what? And then the hard part is then, Someone who was, you know, successful, popular, beautiful, educated, I know all those who, things. As far as I'm concerned, have been conned, who have been sucked into cults. Yeah. They don't see it, but I know, I, I see it. That's that's my way of, like, you know, that's my perception of the situation. Hand, hands up if you've been conned. Stuart and oh, I yeah, both prob- have our hands up. Probably, yeah. Like, that's my point. Okay. Is probably, it's, I don't know. We all want to think that we could see it. Did you have to, like, give up your body and <laughs> wear a meat suit? No, no, we did that just for wear fun. Wear a meat suit or well, <laughs> you were just promised, you know, that your, your pets forever. would live yeah. for, I mean, I think, um, forever. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> That's the point is that really good cons are really good. And, you know, you look yeah. at this and you go, how could, how could an intelligent woman, how could a woman who had this education, how could a yes. person so successful, how could she possibly, it happens. People, and the other thing is what we don't appreciate is the emotional triggers that he was pulling on her. The thing about the dog, the thing about she's obviously lonely. There's there's something else there. He's just one of those magnets to it. You know, he's he's one of those people. It's like the Nexium thing. He could read people's vulnerabilities, like that Ranieri, the yeah. bloke that was in Nexium. He knew how to completely find her weaknesses and play them. And it could happen to anyone is the point. I do appreciate that. And I can I can even recognise it in my own life where I've had mm-hmm. unsuccessful relationships and how I interacted with certain people at certain points in my life and things that I allowed to happen and or would live with. And I think, do Jesus that now. That's Christ, right. what were you thinking? As I said before, explain to me why I was attracted to it any happens. of my previous partners. Exactly the same thing. Like how did <laughs> how did that happen? But it did. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, crimes. I think we're clear on. We're clear on who committed them. Yep. I'm. I'm not. I'm not crime. I'm not clear on crimes, and I'm not clear on who committed them. Carla, but, can you cover grand larceny proceed. again? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a joke. No, no. Like the defi- the definition of insanity <laughs> is doing the same thing again and expecting a different outcome. Please don't try to cover that again. Oh, do you know what you should really do with that? You should. You should put that on a little poster on your wall. You'd love that. You know, that, oh, motivational one, the definition of yeah, yeah. insanity. No, that's my life. Oh! <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, we don't need to go down that path. I don't think it's black and white at all. I'm not clear on the crime. I'm not clear on who committed it, but I'm willing to proceed. Okay. Well, if you could do that, that would be good. Okay, I'll try. What will you be sentencing them to? Or who we be Well, Schmitty, I think you what? should go because you're clearly all over this shit. Oh, look, you know. Alec Baldwin. 
<laughs> I think his karma's got Meta. him already in the ass, so we'll we'll move yeah. on from that. He's got he's got his own problems. Yeah, he's got his own crosses to bear, <laughs> so we won't go there. <laughs> How many kids does he? I have? think there's like eight. Kids. Kids. I'm going to have lots of children, according to Carla. Eight or ten. Many, many, and like yeah. a man sort of case against him. So. And he knows yeah. that his gun is loaded if he's got ten kids. Oh. Anyway, that was or, in bad taste. Or, <laughs> or used to be, anyway. Maybe it, it wasn't loaded and that's why it doesn't have an 11. Out now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anywho, sorry about that, Mr. Baldwin, and your people. Please don't sue us. Oh, and if you're going to sue someone, sue Tony. It was, he said it, not me. Okay. There is a part of me that, as much as I've talked at great length about how she was a victim of um, domestic abuse and coercive control, there's still a part of me that says, seriously, it's just dumb fuckery, you know, that you that you allowed yourself. <laughs> but, you know, I can see it happening, but also, really? But okay. So I'm on the, the scales, you know, if we're doing... If they're the scales of justice in my mind, they're kind of flat, you know, like I I can't quite go one way or the other. There's no moment that makes me say, oh, no, she she absolutely did know she was doing the wrong thing. It was more, yeah, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing, but I'm so battered or emotionally um, controlled at this point that I can't rail against it. So so I'm going to leave her and I'll leave that to the ravages of Clarkie if he's going to go there. The ravages but of Clarkie. Is that a, like a, um, yeah, yeah. a part of Trial by Wine World? There's like just this. It sounds like well, it does. <laughs> I thought that was the it's first. Right. I'm going to sentence you to the right. ra- yeah, exactly. Like ravages of Clarkie. Oh, 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 I don't. I don't meet the height requirement. I can't go on the ravages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't mean the I resilience. No, I really want to go on the ravages of Clarkie. Am I the only person who's picturing like rapids and lots and lots of fast yes, running me too. water with the yes. ravages of Clarkie? Yeah. Is no, no. Not at all. No, no we I'm were dreaming yeah, Mordor. I am. Like, I am, sweetie. We were dreaming desolation, oh, like a fire from above. Yeah. Mordor. Um, yeah, yeah. No. Like, wow, okay. Mine was a water-based ride. Yeah, was, mine was water-based. Everyone was getting around in it, yeah. It could be. Maybe fall over and drown. It's the ravages of No, climbing. I'm sorry. I want to go on the ravages of climbing. I'm sorry. Maybe next year when you're a bit taller. <laughs> I don't know. No. That's what I saw. Maybe it's because rapids and ravages is sort of in my head anyway so leaving that alone um i am not i'm basically going straight for strangers fox because and will strangers will fox his new name i recently you know we had a little bit of a a a break and i was looking around at things that could be interesting uh, punishments and i didn't know when i was going to pull this one out but I'm pulling it out oh, now. By George. Uh, oh. was it a punishment? Did you Google, it was did you Google punishment? Brace yourself. Punishment? No, no, no. no. <laughs> it was while there's lots of torture and stuff. But, um, no, I, I just came across this story and thought, I feel like this could be something that we could set up in Trial by Wine World as a punishment. I'm going to introduce you, if you are not already aware of it, to the world of Russian slapping championships. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and Jesus. This is oh. this is where let's it's just a say. Army technique, isn't it? Tell me, this is what your Ukraine are under fire on at the moment. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't want to make light <laughs> of a bad situation, but I just couldn't family. let that go. Well, before the Ukraine, let's just say <laughs> a, a sport that is suited to people with the size sport. of man's uh, meat suit that our friend has. Uh, 
And um, <laughs> so I am going to say, I've got a little video I'm going to show you. I'm sorry about this, viewers. Please don't. Is it like slap it no, and catch the next done. wave? It's Russian slapping. There's a guy called Dumpling who was. Uh, <gasps> I've seen that movie. It's great. No, no, no. What? <laughs> Dumplin'? Oh, not Dumplin'. Yes. It's a lovely film. We've seen it too, but that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, is that with um, Jennifer Aniston? Yes. yes. I love, how you, I love, oh, love how you know so much Give about it a celebrities. Watch. You're amazing. Oh, it's a lifetime. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Schmitty. When you're ready, you just interrupt. So this is Russian, slap, Russian slapping. and. This what the he's the champion, the one who just did the slap, the former champion. Oh, right and here oh, comes okay. this other guy. Ready for it? Fuck yeah! Ah, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> he had to be hospitalised apparently after that. Oh, so, what? Did he punch him or slap him? He slapped him. He slapped him. Had hard. to be hospitalised. Former. He was the former champion. After that moment, no longer the champion. Basically, there's a sport where two guys stand over what looks like a 44-gallon drum, a barrel. a barrel, and one slaps one in the and face, and the other one slaps one in the face, and the one who gets knocked out, they have a slap off. So our mate, Strangest Will <laughs> Fox, is going to yeah. front up to whomever the current champion is, and it's, oh. you know, whether it's this new bloke or because I can't speak Russian, so I don't know what that is. This new bloke or Dumplin' or whoever, I don't care, and he's just going to get a good slapping. And every time he thinks of going gambling or being misogynistic or abusing a woman or having a Domino's, he's going to get a good fat slap in Trial by Wine World, Clarkie's, what is Ravages? The Ravages of Ravages Clarkie. Ravages of Clarkie. Yeah. Well, Jesus. it's actually just a, it's like a little side show next to the Ravages that'd be, of Clarkie. That would be what would happen <laughs> in the, the lineup. Like if, if you were queuing to get a <laughs> ticket to the Ravages of Clarkie, that's what would happen in the lineup. Like, that's not even fucking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're not even in yet. Well, because when you're queuing, we've got performers doing that. It's performance. Yeah, you yeah. get yeah. to see <laughs> strangers. Will Fox getting slapped in the face every twenty minutes. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Unless yes, we're talking about that's, that's, every that's somebody's minutes. job when they turn up in the morning. It's like, oh, what are you doing today? What character are you? Oh, I'm on the uh, the ravages of Clarky. <laughs> I'm doing the uh, Russian bitch lap. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh right. Oh, I did that last week. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. I feel like. That would be the, if there really was a Ravages of Clarky space in Trial by Wide World, in the lineup. There is now. In the lineup, the person who's being sentenced to the slapping, if, if you're in the queue to get in, you would have to slap that person just to even okay. prove that you're worthy of coming into that world. Then it's fucking game on from there. Because right. that's not how I would ravage someone i agree that that's a very good punishment for old mate but oh, that's up until last week he was the champion only, and i'd been like oh yeah dumpling yeah i'm ready for this and then i'm like oh my god you've been following him yeah. exactly like, like what dumplings mean to throw it's it's so he's been overthrown why have you never mentioned I'm this like before? I'm a fan. You're following. Oh, I've only 
was discovered it recently. I was following it so I could use it as a sentence. I, I, want, I tell you, I've um, been researching. I've been doing my job here, guys. I want I want Vladimir Zelensky <laughs> to fucking slap the fuck out of Putin. Let's get them a drum. Let's stop. Yeah, let's the, buy a drum. Let's stop the I'll killing. Get fuel. So we could. We probably couldn't afford a few, like a barrel of fuel at the moment, so we might have to have an Just empty one. Just an empty one's fine. Mm. Yeah. Some coals. We could use our our shopper docket vouchers and get one. Yes, we'll have a whip around. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Has that given you oh. an opportunity to think about your sentencing? Well, no, because I'm, um, oh, God, here we go. In, in tra- I'm certain what grand last year. Yeah, I'm yeah, distracted no, it, like, by the Russians and their meat in, suits. I don't in, know what in, they did wrong. What are the- in true overthinking style, <laughs> I am still trying to ascertain <laughs> what the crime is and therefore... Um, I'm struggling with what, with what the punishment is, but so I want to I want to I want to explore what's the crime here. Is the crime only on the man or on the woman? Does she, as the business owner, have a certain responsibility to look after people, regardless of her life outside of the business, or is he just a manipulative fuck? You know, do we need to teach our women to be? Um, stronger and, and less subservient. Be- oh, I have Sorry. to pull you yeah. up on. Do we need to teach our women? How about we teach our men not to be a bunch yeah. of shunts? Yeah, no, no, no. So I'm I'm on board with that. What I'm saying is that I feel like for years we've You're told welcome, women ladies. that they need to. <laughs> no, no, but I'm 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 singing the same song. We, you know, for years we've told women that they need to be subservient. Big and on the run. Yeah, no, no, because because this is this it's is not really a really yes. important, right? My concern here is that she's a victim of what happened to her twenty odd years ago, and and if we can now start to say to women or to young girls, you don't have to behave a certain way. You don't have to. Um, act a certain way, you should do what you feel is right, then when, you know, the the wolf from Peter and the wolf comes along and says, you need to do this, they'll go, fuck off, mate, that's rubbish. Because I think that for me, if someone said to me, I'll make your dog immortal or whatever, I'd go, mate, are you pulling my dick, Veronica? Like this is is where I move from... (laughs) a possibility to just a complete improbability. And so I would like us to make sure that what we tell our women now or our... Not everyone's as rational as you, though. I get that. and, and But I do think that she... I, I think that the way that we've brought up young, young girls, particularly in the past, makes them second-guess themselves way too much. So let's try to stop that so just as a, it's not a punishment but just as a rule for society let's make sure that we empower our children male or female um but so non-binary like whatever i just think let's empower people to be confident in who they are not undermine them all the time because then when the wolf who is shane fox or whatever name he gives himself um, comes along, they'll go, mate. I'm not that needy. I don't want that. I'm I'm not okay with what you're selling. Mm. You know, move along. 
so so that's that's not a punishment nor is it a crime it's just a, a little bit of um what's going on in my head at the moment from from his perspective he's just a waste of space like I, i've got nothing nice to say about him and therefore you know Anything that is is bad for him is good, um, but but so Schmidty, if you could just use your punishment for him to get him into Clarky World, yeah, well, that wasn't Clarky World. What was the term? Um, the ravages of Clarky. Uh, ravages of Clarky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can get him through the gates of the ravages of Clarky, I'll take it from there, and it won't yeah. be pretty. If I've got a look at what he's done, he's promised the world and under-delivered and he's a fuck for that and he should be held accountable and And if that means he rots in hell, awesome. Um, if that means he comes to ravages of Clarky, well, you know, <laughs> I'll peel him. So yours, yours is like a Mordor, like the... the... The mountain of Mordor is is yours like the mountain the do, mountain of doom? Is that what you see the ravages of Clarky as being? No, I, I, I guess I guess because it's, Space it's no, it's only a new concept, and I don't want to um, I don't want to restrict I don't want to restrict the okay. ravages of Clarky. Yeah. What, what I, I guess like, where, oh, I'm, where I'm at the moment <laughs> anywhere in Middle Earth now. No, no, I'm at, I'm at the pearly white gates, right? So if if you're going into heaven. <laughs> Before you do that, you've got to get through the pearly white gates. If you're coming to the ravages of Clarkey, I want to know what you've done, why you're here, why we should let you in, and once we let you in, okay. once I understand all of that, then fucking game on. But I, I don't have a clear um, thing on that. Let, let me ex- let me right. process the ravages of Clarkey a bit more. That's fair enough. It only came up as a concept today, so, you know. All right, so Carla... But it's certainly where he's going. He's going there. We just don't know what it looks like yet. All right. Mm. Swanee, what do you think? Okay. Well, there's sort of two people that I would like to comment on. Mm. One, of course, is Sama. And I think that um, I do have a large degree of empathy for, for Sama. I think that she was a good person and she stood for some good things that I think this whole thing took her down a, a path that she was ill-prepared to handle. But the thing that sort of kept bothering me the most was for someone who was such a mother-like figure, you wouldn't necessarily have needed to be the greatest business person in the world, but the fact that she just left mm. her staff mm. to kind of rot, survive, whatever, without her, she if she enough. was such a great... I know what it's like to be too. a manager I've, of people. I've I just, I don't, yeah. And my partner often complains exactly. about how much energy I put into them over him. So it's yeah. quite, especially when it's your own business about too, That like is the one on. hole for me. Yeah, so that's that doesn't sit comfortably with me. The other stuff I sort of think, well, you know, if if it's it's not even about the money so much, it's about her personal relationships with these people who were so loyal to her, totally believed in her vision. Um, you know, there's no doubt they worked tirelessly for her. And when, when it all started down. to go pear-shaped, she just flaked. Yeah, yeah. And then it was... Just not, she didn't even really make excuses. She just was like, just wasn't there. And I think that that's wrong. And I would like to see her, I'd like her to repay the money. I don't think the money is a huge amount, really, in the whole scheme of things. I, I would certainly think it'd be, they, they should be paid. But I think that she needs to, to apologize for them in person. I think she needs to take the time to have to sit there and be accountable because 
it's probably not a lot and probably so much time has passed they could it's not so much they could care Mm. but I think they're owed that um and then their their right reply can be fuck off they don't have to care I don't I don't even know but I think that I I don't particularly want to punish her but I I want her to have to feel be accountable correct you know Mm. you you were running this family type operation where these people did amazing things for you. It's like when was it you. when Jetstar went broke and people worked for Jetstar for free for a period of time to try and save it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like pe- people that engaged in a brand will yes. do that yeah. sort of stuff, yeah. not necessarily to their benefit, but, no. you know, it sounds like that's what her staff, they were so yeah. bored into the brand that they were prepared yeah. to pay, work yeah. for nothing and try and keep that thing running even though she was just she and or he were taking the money out. Yep. I felt that they were truly cheated, whereas like when you talk about the interactions that they had with her friends or her family, you know, mother, brother, mm. sorry, mother, sister and father, I I wasn't getting that much of a commitment from them, whereas these guys were really invested um, with their whole life and their careers and whatever else, and she just sort of went like, no. So that I would like to have seen um, addressed. And with respect to our friend Anthony Strangis, I mean, what a douchebag, really. I mean, just an absolute pretender. And it, we have these these characters in Child by One constantly. And I, I, I sort of revert to type, which is I always try and work out what's motivating them. So therefore, how could I punish them in a sense that would really piss them off because I don't really want to hurt anybody. But this guy, who seems to think he's... <laughs> Other, other than human, I would like for his very existence to be very human and the sufferings and the failings that humans have, which can be brutal just in their banality. Do you know what I mean? I'd like to see him have to carry the heaviness of his meat suit. Brilliant. So carry the weight, carry the sh- yeah, carry the weight, carry the shame and really take just the suffer. Shame. Take the shame. Take the shame. Take the shame. Suffer the things that normal that Sorry. normal people do, not having enough money, not having health care, not yeah. having things, you know, that people struggle with on a day-to-day basis heart. that make make us human. Exactly. That it just really basic shit that, you know, some people, their very existence is just trying to overcome that. So not about gambling or getting money from the next person or getting a flash watch, none of that, just really basic human stuff that, you know, whether it be through illness or heartache or, um, you know, losing something, but really suffering, just that what being human really is. None of this bullshit about being, you know, some ethereal (laughs) other thing that's, you know, uh, a non-human. So, yeah, I just like to see him. Suffer a little bit like that. Suffering your oh, jobs. Suffering your jobs, mate. I love that. Yeah. I've, I've had another thought, yeah. though, Carla, while you've been talking, and it's it's not, I don't know if it's good or not, but I want to share it with you, edit it out as appropriate. Yeah. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston because he was right. he was always on a downward spiral and he I feel like yeah. he's a classic example of how someone who is not on a good path can drag someone down who is on a good path. And, Mm. you know, to me, she's a super tragic story. Her story, not she, her story is a super tragic story because um, I think we all were amazed by her in her day. And then, you know, the fact that she 
died the way she did was was a bit horrific and and maybe um yeah. there's a there's a little bit of parallel between you know um Sharma Sharma was a really Sharma 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 clearly clearly a really good person super good at what she did met someone who took her down a certain yeah. path and and I don't know what a, an appropriate punishment for Bobby Brown is but maybe oh. it's similar to he should have been euthanized toothpicks in his eyes Ah, yeah. Euthanized. Um, corkscrews? Two. That was oh, in his corks- eyes. Are we going to drag it out? So- Is he still alive? Every- all of them are dead. No, he's still alive. I think the daughter died. The daughter died. Someone else has died. Her daughter died. Her daughter died not long after. Christina Bobby. Exactly the same way as her mother. Yeah, all the all the talented people die in this space and non-talented people are resilient. Fuck them. Angers me. It angers me. Good chat. All right. Yes, good chat. <laughs> I think there's only one appropriate way to respond to this case. Let's do it. And the first, and the first, first one said to the second one, I hope you're going to have fun. Vegan on the run. Vegan on the run. And the sailor Sam said to sailor Sam, Vegan on the run, we're singing. That's uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, sorry. There we go. All right. Done. Well, All right. excellent work, Bonnie. Great job. Clarky again, bring it home, you know, bringing all the issues issues to bear, and a good little bit of wings at the end. So great job, everyone! I'll finish this. I'll finish this. We're all dead. <laughs> oh, great job, great job, everyone! And um, as I say every other week, and I learned it from Clarky. Miss you already. Ciao, guys. Love you bye. long time. Ciao, Bella. Ciao, bye bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com, Trial by Wine. Or visit our website, www.trialbywine.com to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com.